Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you. This is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the spotlight here on FIFO.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, as always. That is Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing on this beautiful Thursday? Uh, doing well. Getting my day started, Jeremy. Always enjoy getting my uh, my Thursday morning started started with you. I know you had a fun night yesterday at AEW, so looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. And I had a good time at uh, GCW this past Saturday, so we both had some good uh, some good live wrestling this week. Yes, I was at AEW last night in Cleveland. You were at GCW over the weekend in Georgia. Um, it's been a big week. It's been a very big week, Steven Jensen. Well, let's waste no time. Let's get into it. Let's start with AEW. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. I assume last night's show will do over a million fans. We won't know for a few hours, but they put CM Punk and John Moxley in a unification match on the show last night. So... You would think that would pop over a million fans and do a great number in the demo. This match, I don't know what you expected, Jensen. I know what I expected. It was not anything like that. It lasted about three minutes. CM Punk threw a head kick, sold his plant foot, which was his injured foot, and then got destroyed by Jon Moxley with a couple of Death Riders. And Jon Moxley is your unified AEW world champion. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Well... I'll give you my thoughts in a second. What was the what was the feeling like in the building? Because like I know that like Mox was over, like yeah. Punk was getting booed, and I know like it's uh it's like it's near where where was the show yesterday? Was it was it in Cincinnati or like near no, Cincinnati? Cleveland. Cleveland? Cleveland, but but like Cincinnati's but, but, about three hours away, right? So he's kind of like de facto hometown yeah. guy being yeah. being there. So like um so yeah I. Uh, I thought, what was the vibe like in the building? Because I'd imagine, like, nobody there expected that either. No, Moxley was 
he was more popular than CM Punk. And, and Punk, you know, got his reaction, but it was more a mix of cheers and boos compared to Moxley, who was really heavily cheered. Even before the show, uh, Justin Roberts is hyping the crowd. And he's like, oh, what do you think of John Moxley? And everybody's like cheering. And then what do you think of CM Punk? And everybody's like kind of a little bit more mixed on that. So Moxley was definitely the baby face in this match. Um, as it played out, you know, once Punk sold his foot, I kind of suspected, first off, we were stunned that, you know, they go backstage and Tony Schiavone is like, our main event, been building for years, Will Ospreay, Pac, uh, they're in this trios tournament. Everybody's like, wait a second, did he say main event? And I saw the reaction on Twitter and people were like, oh, he misspoke. Like, there's no way this is the main event. Even I was like, I don't know. Like, I think this is the main event. I think they're going to do Punk. And this is at like 847. So it's like, we're going to find out pretty soon because you would think this is going to be like the nine o'clock match we found out and so when punk sells his foot and the doctor's checking on him and everything it's like oh they're i feel like this is gonna wrap up quickly i don't think they're gonna tell this like long story here because this trios match is gonna get time like they're gonna give the will osprey and, and pack and you know the, the that triangle and the united empire guys they're gonna give them time so i after punk sold his foot i kind of suspected they would wrap up early and then yeah moxley just he squashed him and there was definitely some like stun in the building but i think for the most part everyone was just like really happy that john moxley won because that was who we were cheering for yeah yeah that's that's cool i, I it would have been a, a fun atmosphere it feels like to to see that because it was so unexpected the way that it happened yeah um and moxley was so over like and if you're gonna do something like that that's the right place to do it like um yeah, man. I, so, as far so pers- personally, I really liked what we got for a lot of reasons. Like one, I liked that they put it on it at you know the beginning of the second hour because in that way, obviously, if they were going to do that and this you know the match started at you know ten minutes till the end of the show, people would have been like, "What the hell?" Like you, you, you would know something was up, right? You know, so right. so they were smart to do to do it when they did on the show, but. Yeah, I mean, so like it's so they're running it back at all out, right? Is that official yet, or is that that's like, that's not official? That's what uh, Dave Meltzer is saying is the plan right now, uh, but that that's not been confirmed by AEW. They haven't officially announced that. So let's say they do run it back at all out. Like, what are your thoughts on the way it played out last night, and then doing a return match at all out based on what happened last night? So the only. It's confusing, right? Because it's like if they're gonna run, we both talked last week about how we there was a very strong possibility they would run this back at all out, anyways. We but we yeah. just figured it'd be more like a draw or like some like some. We neither of us expected John Moxley to just go out there and just squash CM Punk. So yeah, I don't. It's one of those things where it's like I guess if they because they don't have that much time either before all out. So like if they can like. I guess just explain why, like why Punk. I mean, we know Punk was injured, obviously, but because I, 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 the reason I'm having a hard time, like, kind of like getting my thoughts out on this, is because there's so many layers to it. As far as like, did they do that last night? Because Punk isn't ready, but like, if he's not really ready, is he going to be ready in a couple weeks? Like, you know, like why did they right. do the finish the way that they, the way that they did? If he is healthy enough to just run back a rematch, or 
were they just going for just complete shock value? Like when, uh, like when Goldberg came back and beat Brock Lesnar at a Survivor Series a handful of years ago, and it was like it just got people's attention. You know, you didn't expect it to happen the way that it did, and it, you know, maybe maybe it's kind of what that's what they were going for the unpredictability aspect. Here's the thing: Moxley has been an awesome interim champion, in my opinion. Like, it, or champion now, if you, whatever whatever you want to call him, he's the true champion now. He's the undisputed champion at this point, but. I thought his title run has been really good. Um, and I think it's pretty clear CM Punk's heading towards the heel route now, which is like what I really want also. So I, I feel like they're accomplishing a lot of things that I want because I think that Moxley's a great champion. I think Punk's a better heel than he's a baby face. Um, I think Moxley and Punk will have a really good match at all out. But it is, it is just, it's confusing because like last night, it's weird also because it's CM Punk. Like they've built CM Punk so much since coming into AEW. And even Moxley and his title defenses up to this point, they've been wars where like he's been bleeding and battered and like and like kind of like I shouldn't say like barely beating the opponents he's beating because he's he's definitively winning the matches, but he's like having wars with guys that aren't to the same. I mean, like CM Punk is pretty much positioned as like their top guy, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. It's, it's just strange seeing him just run through CM Punk. But at the same time, if a big part of the story, which it looks like it is, is the injured foot. And it was weird because it was the plant foot, like you said. Um, so, yeah, it's, well, just, it's confusing. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, talking, let, me, let me say something yeah, about that. Ahead, is people, are like, people are like, oh, he sold the wrong foot. He kicked with the right foot. And then he sold the left foot. Like, he, he fucked up. Like, the left foot was the injured foot. And if you've ever dealt with a foot injury, like planting all your weight like that and twisting to throw it, that's going to hurt. Like I have a a strained foot right now and just walking on it hurts. I can't imagine what he actually went through with a a broken foot and getting, having surgery and everything. And then trying to go out there and wrestle and like planting on it. It makes sense that like, Hey, this was the foot that's taken months to heal that he had to get repaired. And now he's trying to wrestle and he plants on it and it doesn't hold up. Like it just, I think criticizing him for selling the wrong foot is stupid because I don't think he sold the wrong foot. I think he 100% sold the foot he was supposed to sell, and that's the injured foot that he planted on. And that's that's a, a fair point to bring up too, because I mean we've seen it in 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 like traditional sports like football and basketball and stuff, and we've obviously we've seen it in MMA where like you can just plant wrong, not even injured, and hurt yourself. You know what I mean, like there's been basketball players who have had like their like broken their legs, just like coming down wrong on a jump shot, just complete, yeah. you know? So like, it isn't unrealistic to think that a guy who 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 is injured with a broken foot may have come back too early. You know what I mean? So maybe he's not fully healed. And then he throws, throws a head kick and he plants on that injured foot. I think it totally makes sense. It's just strange though, when you see it in pro wrestling, cause we're so conditioned to like think, it's the, you know what I mean? Like it's the foot yeah. he used, you know, like that's just cause that's why we're conditioned in pro wrestling. Also, I thought it was kind of funny seeing kind of like all of wrestling Twitter last night, kind of getting on CM Punk and being like, man, you know, you hadn't, had, you hadn't lost the fight like that since Mickey Gall, you know, like, I, I kind of, so I thought it was kind of funny seeing like Twitter kind of also kind of turning on Punk. It, it, it seemed like any if any anyone out there that's a CM Punk hater kind of rejoiced last night because I feel like a lot of people were like, see, that's exactly what it should have been the whole time, or like, see, Moxley's better than Punk, blah blah blah. So I, uh, I don't know. Here's the thing: it's getting people talking. I think that was really at the end of the day the design point of it was 
to do something the fans would talk about coming out of the show uh, last night and then hopefully get them interested in wanting to see the rematch in a couple weeks at All Out. Yeah, so here's my... I initially thought that we get a match and this is a design to bring MJF back. Obviously, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Uh, you know, we we over... A lot of people went over different scenarios, including us, like different scenarios of like, okay, how are they going to do this? What are they going to do? How are they going to book this? Yeah, I didn't think that a squash match was going to be it. The story that I'm piecing together from television, mind you, take, take all of the, the backstage stuff out of this because there's a lot happening back there. Um, the story that like I'm kind of seeing play out on television with this is Punk did come back too early. He injured his foot. He couldn't finish the match. And now they're kind of building him as a baby face going into Chicago because he's getting mixed reaction. He's, he's taking shots at, you know, hangman page that are unnecessary that were nowhere. Uh, He's taking shots at at John Moxley because of course that's who he's feuding with every, but Moxley's getting the bigger baby face reaction. Uh, The story that I'm seeing is punk is going to be the underdog baby face going into Chicago. It's like, Oh, is this fucking a hold up now? Like, can he overcome all of this? you know, doing this with like a week's notice, like why is his foot now going to be better after a week after he re-injured it? And this match, like, it, you know, Moxley's definitely going to target that. So now how is he going to target it? But Punk is just going to overcome it this time. Like it's wrestling. I get it. Right. But he targeted it in the match last night and Punk just got the shit kicked out of him. So it's it's going to be a tough story to pull off to – uh, you know, to make the you got to really suspend your disbelief with, with part of it, but it's in Chicago. Punk's gonna get cheered like crazy. He's gonna he's gonna be this big baby face, and I think he's probably gonna win in Chicago. I would imagine, and then you know he gets the big baby face reaction. I do think he's better as a heel, um, and maybe he goes heel after that. He's just like okay, well in Chicago he's a baby face. Um, that's what I'm seeing again on television as far as because otherwise. I don't know what they're doing with, with this story because they have not set up anything else and we're a week out from the pay-per-view. They got three TVs left until the pay-per-view. Um, spoiler alert for Rampage, and get this could they could air something on Friday. Nothing addressed with the world title situation on Rampage. If they air something on Friday, we didn't see it in the arena. So they've got three televisions, essentially two televisions, to book a title match for All Out. And we don't know where it's going if it's not Punk and Moxley. The only other option I see is if they do have MJF and he comes back next week or Hangman is involved because they ain't done nothing with Hangman. He wasn't on the show yeah. last night um, on, on Dynamite. He wasn't there to like, you know, respond to CM Punk after what happened last week, which I thought was a choice. I, I, on one hand, I get it as someone who follows the backstage stuff. I get it. And if I'm a television viewer and I watch last week's episode and I see CM Punk calling out Hangman Page and Hangman Page doesn't respond and he's being called a coward and stuff. And then I watch this week and they don't mention Hangman Page. Hangman again doesn't respond. I'm like, this guy kind of is a, is a fucking coward. Like, where is Hangman Page? What's he doing? So it, that would be another option is if Hangman comes out and he's like, all right, I'll fight Moxley. Like, give me my rematch, whatever. But Otherwise, I think it's Punk and Moxley. I think they're going to do a Punk being the underdog thing. I think this is part of the story, him being injured, and that's that's what it is. It's an easy story to tell, being injured, overcoming, underdog, hometown. That's what I'm seeing on television. Backstage, everything that's happening there, 
completely different scenario and could be, you know, could change a lot of things because there's a lot happening backstage. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that they explained the hangman thing hilariously on BTE last week. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, only like a couple hundred thousand people are going to see that on YouTube. Like, that's a big criticism I have of BTE. I like the show. I cover it for the weekender and stuff, but like, it's uh like so for those of you who don't know the way that they've kind of every now and then they'll explain something on bte that like the viewers don't see on like dynamite or rampage but it'll like have to do with like you know major storylines like and one of my favorite examples of something like this ever was when um when matt Seidel slipped doing the yeah. shooting star press in his debut <laughs> on Diana, on bte the next week they explained how michael nakazawa had oiled the ropes before the match and that's what actually caused him to to slip and stuff like that so um for the for this one basically uh hangman was too busy doing more important things backstage with dark order that involved them with like whips and and stuff like the 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 shenanigans that dark order uh, you know does uh, on bte basically hangman was too busy doing that and uh didn't want to hear about what was going on in the ring that night and that's why he didn't address cm punk apparently but and I, i'd assume they'll probably explain it like that again something else this week as to why he didn't show up but for everybody else the other you know eight hundred and fifty thousand viewers of dynamite that don't watch bte um they're gonna feel just like you do and be confused and not understand why hangman page isn't addressing this or confronting cm punk after being offered a title shot last week and just not showing up and then this week just nothing at all i don't know man it's 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 uh i like you said i i think it's a choice for sure because it makes him hey man look strange but at the same time i do think it's all eventually going to be him joining with kenny and the bucks again so i guess as long as the story is good and we get eventually get that like you know, because I think that's going to have a lot to do with the trios tournament too. You know, there's, there's just a lot going on in AEW. Like even with Kenny, it's like the trios tournament. We got to keep, we got to keep in mind, like him and the Bucks, like they're probably the favorites to win that whole thing. But on the side, it's like Osprey and, and, and Kenny, you know, like it's like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. They, I mean, Osprey and, and Kenny Osprey won last night, which I was a l- yeah. little shocked by. I said last week, I didn't think they were going to do that and they did it bless them uh so they'll meet in the the trios thing going back to to moxley and punk so if it's not moxley and punk at all out mm-hmm. like do you what do you think a backup potentially is here so i think the only reason it wouldn't be is if like cm punk actually is too injured to perform because otherwise there's no way they'd have him missing another chicago pay-per-view like like forbidden yeah. door um i guess if they had to come up with an opponent I mean, they'd probably look to the rankings as much as we don't like that. Oh, God. But that's probably what they do. Who is ranked number one? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. It's probably somebody who competes mainly in, like, for the T. It's probably Wardlow or something. Well, I guess he's the the TNT champions who's not ranked. It's going to be, like, Jay Lethal. He's going to get a shot. Um, It is... Did they delete them? Because, like, Adam Cole's probably pretty up there. It's Hangman Page! Is it's hangman, hangman page okay. yeah. see so, yeah so 
Maybe it's him. Maybe that's how they get to it. But, but you would want more of a story between him and Mox and stuff. I the I story know. between him and Mox is just Hangman gets a rematch. Like let's fucking do this. You know, Hangman cost Moxley in the the ladder match. Moxley was about to win that, and then Hangman uh, when he made his return to to earn the the title shot, heading into um, full gear. So there's a story there, and it looked like they were setting up Hangman Moxley um, before Moxley went to uh, rehab. Because it looked right. like Moxley was set up to win that whole tournament, to, to win right. the contenders tournament. So it was him and Danielson, wasn't it? When he when he got hurt, it was supposed to be him and Danielson, or was it him and Hangman Moxley? No, Mo- Moxley was supposed to face, I think, uh, Darby, and then Miro took his place. And it looked like the finals were were going to be Moxley and Danielson. And then it again, right. it looked like it was definitely setting up for Moxley to win that tournament and then go on to to face Hangman. So the story is there. With Hangman and, and Moxley, yeah, Kai says it's after that promo. It's John Cena. That was a big, big joke. Uh, my time is John- now. Yeah, Moxley's <laughs> like, my time is now. My time is now. I was like, oh shit, they got John Cena. Um, oh, so, thank you, Leland. Orange Cassidy, not not Darby. Um, so so yeah, that that was going to be the match, and then Moxley went to to rehab. But it's an easy story to tell with with Moxley and Hangman, and people like Hangman. Is that the biggest match? No, Punk and Moxley is the biggest match, certainly before last night. Coming out of last night, I don't know if the match loses a little bit of steam. I think maybe for the television audience it does. I think for, obviously, the Chicago crowd, they're going to go crazy for it. Like, it's CM Punk still wrestling in Chicago uh, one year after after his return at All Out. Like, it's still going to be big, like, live. But for, like, the viewing audience... I don't know. After last night, it's you can sell CM Punk as the underdog, but man just got his ass kicked last night. It's tough to be like, yeah, we're gonna run this back. Let's see if CM Punk can overcome this odds and and be the underdog that he him being the underdog at this stage of his career is is weird to me. Yeah, because he, he doesn't feel like he's that type of guy right now, and like he can pull it off. He's he's a master storyteller. But you know, for the for the television audience, after they did it last night and Moxley just squashed him, I don't know I if that's where they're still going for All Out. I don't know if this is the right story to tell. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm just as kind of confused about all of it as you are. If you want to paint CM Punk as an underdog, just run his UFC highlights. <laughs> but 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 I I, I think that uh I, like I said, we both we both said that this was we thought this was going to happen that like they were going to run this back at all out even though we they were wrestling last night but but we just couldn't have expected that it would have got squashed like this. It made it made Moxley look like a badass. So I thought that yeah. was great, you know, and and I thought the way that he did it was smart too. Like once CM Punk injured re-injured his foot, Moxley immediately put him in like he just started twisting his leg and his in his ankle as much as he could and. I mean, he attacked it and then just started hitting Death Riders. I mean, it was psychology wise, it made perfect sense. Um, but, but yeah, so we'll see. I, I think it's got to be Punk and Moxley at the pay per view. And if, and if he's not ready, I guess, like you said, you could just you could just throw Hangman in there. Um, and Kenny's going to get another title shot at some point in the future as well. He's gonna, he's he's owed that. But I, I wouldn't do that so soon, especially if they're going to do like him and Osprey, or if it's going to be the trios finals. Um, for Omega at the pay-per-view but yeah I, I once again we're talking about it so a lot of people hated what we saw last night with Punk and Moss a lot of people loved it a lot of people are indifferent most people are confused so we'll see how it plays out 
Maybe CM Punk, he just didn't want to lose in Chicago. He's like, fuck this. I ain't losing Chicago. I'll lose in Ohio. I'll show up to Cleveland. I'm like in WWE. I'll lose the Moxley. I'll take time off and I'll return. Moxley can beat somebody else in Chicago. Maybe, maybe they'll have CM Punk face. Uh, who's not wrestling at the pay-per-view right now? I don't think Orange Cassidy, unless he's in that ladder match. I think Orange Cassidy is probably going to have a match at the pay-per-view. Because I don't think they're going to win the, the trios thing. So CM Punk, Orange Cassidy, Punkin. It'll be like the Nick Aldis NWA situation. There's a lot of backstage heat and politics on CM Punk right now. So this is their way to get out of Punk and Moxley in Chicago. They're just going to have Punk wrestle some random match against Orange Cassidy to win. Moxley can face Tyrus in the main event of All Out, and everyone will oh, rejoice. <laughs> uh, no, I I think it's Punk Moxley. We'll see. They got they got a week. Uh, should be should be a fun and, and busy week in the world of AEW. I was listening to Jim Ross, and he said like this is the most challenging week in uh in Tony Khan's history as a booker. And like I don't think he's wrong. Not just like booking on screen, but keeping things together off screen as well because. A lot of stuff going on backstage. A lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, Max, Max Caster with the uh, with the talent meeting uh, bar. In that the line got here. no reaction. I couldn't believe that. I, I, I especially for like AEW, and I'm I'm one of these. I'm not making fun of this. I mean, I'm one of these people. I'm talking about AEW is full of smart marks, and I couldn't believe that 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 didn't hit that uh, that line. I figured everyone would know what he was talking about. I mean, they are full of smart marks, but it just goes to show of like how small the like social yeah. media audience yeah. is. And because, you know, there's how many people online? Like I, I don't know what the Twitter verse is. I don't know how many users do do what. Like let's let's take an example like FIFA Select has eight the eight thousand uh subscribers. I think that's the number. Um yeah. Everybody go go subscribe now and, and help grow that number. Uh, so that's like 8,000 people. Like that's a good number, obviously, for, for what we're doing and everything. But there's a million people that watch Dynamite. So right. it's really small potatoes compared to everything. And I know a lot more people online. I know not every wrestling fan subscribes to FIFO Select. They get their, their news elsewhere. They get their aggregated news and everything. But it's just, it's a small number of people. I still expected that line to get some type of reaction. Like there was none. Like, I felt like I was the only person reacting to it. I was like, oh, and then I heard, like, nobody else react. I was like, fuck, did anybody hear me? Like, was, did I get picked up on camera? Because I feel like I was the only person who reacted to that line. Uh, yeah, just nothing. Nothing there. Um, I'm going to move on to, to, to my spotlight, and it is Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia. Just opened the show last night. Jericho wanted his apology from Garcia. And then Daniel Garcia wanted his apology from Jericho for ruining his moment with Danielson, his hero and his mentor. Danielson came out and said, you, you're a pro wrestler. Everyone was chanting, you're a wrestler. Jericho said, say you're a sports entertainer. Garcia just shoved Jericho and is like, you know, you're putting me on the spot here in public. Like, I can't deal with this. I'm not doing this shit. He left. And then we set up Danielson and Jericho for the pay-per-view. What do you think of this segment and this story, Jensen? I really liked it. And it kind of ties in with what we were talking about a minute ago with Moxley to a degree, because this has Blackpool Combat Club implications with Danielson being involved. And it's pretty clear Garcia is heading that direction, which I love. I mean, we, we talked about that even on this show when Garcia joined the Jericho Appreciation Society. We were both like, it's just a matter of time before he joins the Blackpool Combat Club. Like people were freaking out about 
I don't Thanos. want it. I don't want it. I don't really? want him in Blackpool Combat Club. Yes. Really? I don't I don't want it. And here's why. One, they got Wheeler Yuta. If he's in Blackpool Combat Club, he gets kind of pushed down uh because like it's still gonna be Danielson. Moxley's the champion, Claudio's the ROH champion. Like he's not I you're love thinking, Daniel Garcia. You're not thinking that so I'm thinking a couple steps ahead of this. Okay. What okay. are you thinking? So what they've been doing is they've been so outside of like the core group, which is basically if you want to consider uh, you know, kind of the leader to be um William Regal or like the mentor of the group, and then like the core of the group is obviously Moxley and Danielson. Um Cesara Cesara, geez, Claudio got in kind of by like almost like he was grandfathered in because it was okay. like you know because he was like already a kind of a part of this unofficially before he was available and this is kind of how they've how it feels and how they've kind of explained it like moxley has been like you know claudio is was was a part of this before he was even here like that's why he's in the group but the other guys if you notice like wheeler yuda was courted from the best friends because he like he wasn't he wasn't a right fit for that group Daniel Garcia is being courted from the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think the next guy to get courted is going to be Lee Moriarty from Stokely. And that's going to be a trio. Is going to be Yuta, Garcia, and Moriarty as like a trio's team for the Blackpool Combat Club. Okay, so they get Blackpool Combat Club NXT. Great. I don't like it. You don't like that I, idea? <laughs> I love that idea. Because then the Cesaro can still be the ROH champion. Mossa can do his thing. Danielson can do his thing. And all three of those guys can just tear it up in, in six-man matches. They can have great matches regardless, though. Like, I, I'm all for it. I, look, I, I love that team. It's a great trios team. I'm thinking bigger picture with Daniel Garcia than being the junior squad Black Bull Combat Club behind uh danielson moxley and claudio i'm thinking because again he's gonna be behind those guys you're part of the jericho appreciation society sammy's there but like sammy's sort of outside doing his own thing fighting eddie kingston backstage and everything (laughs) yeah uh like he is in the middle of it with jericho and you know he looks at jericho as a mentor he's above jake hager nobody wants to see jake hager wrestle he's above the 2.0 guys i love them but menard's injured and and daddy magic isn't doing he's not doing or sweet hand angela parker uh like cool hand whatever his name is uh yeah yeah they're like they're just they're on tv is just like comedy role guys like garcia can carry that when it comes to like the wrestling aspect of this stuff and he and jericho like that okay, we want to talk about backstage stuff. Jericho's gonna go to bat for him backstage. Jericho's always gonna have a prominent role on television. Yep. I mean, look how he did with the uh inner circle. He kept all those guys on television. And yeah, the Santana Ortiz should have been tag team champions, uh 100 But like he kept Sammy on television the the entire time. Sammy got TNT title runs and everything. Like Jericho's gonna go with bat for you all the time. Now, I'm not saying Danielson and Moxley and Regal like won't go to bat for him. And obviously Tony Khan loves Daniel Garcia. But I think there is a bigger role for him to have in the Jericho Appreciation Society than, than him in the, the Black Bull Combat Club. I think on television, he'll have great matches either way. Jericho Appreciation Society, he can be more of a story focal point than Black Bull Combat Club where it's just like, hey, cool, go out here and have great matches. Like, what's Willow Ewood doing? He's always peer champion. He's having good matches. He had the match with Jericho and everything. But like, he ain't, he's just kind of background guy right now. And, and that's... I feel like that's where Garcia 
might get lost unless he's going to form a tag team with Danielson and they go after the tag team titles or something. Like there are certainly options. Yes. That'd be awesome. Like there are (laughs) options for Garcia and Blackpool combat club. I'm not saying that this is the worst idea ever. Don't join Blackpool combat club. I'm just saying, I think he's higher on the totem pole in Jericho appreciation society. And he would be more prominent if he stayed there than just being another great wrestler in a group full of great wrestlers. I think I mean I I definitely get what you're coming from. I understand I understand your line of thinking. I just think he fits like a glove for that group. But I've also felt felt that way since the second that that group started with like just Moxley and Danielson. The first person I was like, oh my god, Garcia needs to be a part of this. Like, That's why I love so. that he wasn't like immediately in there. It's like, oh shit, yeah, go to go to you know because he wanted Danielson wanted him, and you know Jericho's told the story of like, no, I want right. Garcia, like I want to do something with him. That's why I loved that he wasn't there, and I love that segment last night. By the way, I love that Garcia. Uh, was just like, you know what, you guys are putting too much pressure on me, doing this in front of everybody. Like, I can't deal with this right now. Like, I'm out of here. Like, Garcia showed some, like, real good human emotion in this segment. I think he's great. I've always had very high hopes for him since he basically joined AEW because I think he's a great wrestler. And now we're getting to see more of that, like, sports entertainment side of him uh, alongside Jericho. So I thought Garcia was brilliant in the segment. Danielson and Jericho are Danielson and Jericho. So I, I love the segment, but yeah, I don't want him in Blackpool Combat Club. I, I, lo- I love the segment as well. And, and the other side of this too is, you know, well, two things. One, at least they're doing something with Garcia. Like clearly like there's big plans for him regardless because you don't have him beat Danielson a few weeks ago and then have him like choke him out with a dragon sleeper last week. Even though he lost the two out of three falls match, like they still put him over in that loss big time. Um, so that's great. And then uh, the other thing that's coming out of this too, that we hadn't even really touched on too much, but like, I love that we're getting Jericho versus Danielson. I think it's a great match. We haven't seen it in like 10 years. Um, I, I, I'm, I call it goat versus goat. It's your, your goat versus my goat Uh, Jericho versus Danielson. I, I, they're, they're going to tear it up. So, I mean, like that's going to be a great match at all out also. So, I mean, a lot of really good stuff is coming out of that story and the the whole Blackpool combat club and Jericho appreciation society, society stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I, I look forward to Danielson and Jericho anytime Brian Danielson wrestles. I'm excited for it because that's that's my GOAT. That's my, my favorite wrestler. So uh, I look forward to that. And I think Garcia gets involved in that match. I think he's kind of off television next week. And then he kind of makes his decision during that match. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. If he's doing that, like, it feels like it's better for him to, like, screw Danielson than, like, help Danielson because that is kind of a heelish move. Uh, but maybe it's just, hey, they, they do this match and then Garcia comes out and shakes Danielson's hands afterwards and that's how he makes his decision. Regardless, I expect his decision to be made at All Out. Uh, yep. We shall see. Should, should be should be good stuff. And again, I really liked that segment last night. Hey, let's move on. Oh, also, sorry, really, really oh, yep. quick. Two seconds. Shout out Ricky Starks brought up the spotlight on the show last night. <laughs> so thank he you did. for that, sir. He did, he did mention the spotlight. He's looking directly at me. When he said yeah. it too, I could, I could yeah. see the love in that man's eyes as he mentioned the spotlight. Uh, yeah, shout out to Ricky Starks. That speaking of like guys who are showing human emotion, Ricky Starks did that last yes. night. He's he's great. He's I just want to throw that I'm out there got- before we before we finish the AEW <laughs> talk. Wanted to get that, that appreciation for Ricky Starks out there. So uh, 
I'm glad he got a good good promo segment. I'm glad he's getting like a, a big singles match at the pay-per-view, a singles match that they've been building and not just thrown into some some random nonsense or not on the pay-per-view at all. So good for good for Ricky Starks. Very happy. Very happy for my guy Ricky. Uh all right, let's let's move on. You wanna be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. <laughs> Professional wrestling is back in WWE, though, Steven Jensen, because Johnny Wrestling is back in WWE. Uh, Johnny Gargano returned to the company on Monday, unannounced, unhyped, just came out. So I'll tell the story. I was going to the bathroom. I was taking a piss. And then uh, about to get, get in bed and everything. And the fiance is like, Gargano. And I'm like, what? And I, I stopped myself midstream. You know, that's very difficult to do by the way, like I stopped myself midstream. I come out <laughs> and, and I watch and I watch uh, Gargano's entire promo with, with theory and everything held it, did not piss myself and then go, went back and finished my finished taking my leak. Uh, that is how I enjoy the Johnny Gargano segment as he came out and he announced that he was back. I think we kind of all saw this coming when triple H got his power, but it was good to see Gargano on the main roster, getting a big pop in Toronto. Good to see him back. And, I, I suspect he's going to get a big spotlight uh, on WWE. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think this is really good for the WWE, like good for their, the optimism for their future, because we're going to talk about Kevin Owens here in a second. And a lot of kind of like the, the kind of change we're seeing right now in the company, positive change in, in our opinions. Um, and Gargano is not the only guy this is going to, you know, obviously we know like Dexter Loomis came back and carrying cross and Scarlet and stuff, but like, you know, this is big for the WWE to have someone like Johnny come back because he won't be the only one who... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details you know, wasn't really satisfied with how things were under trip or under uh, Vince McMahon or didn't think his future was very bright under Vince McMahon. And, and now with Triple H in charge, you know, and, and if this is going to happen, like we're going to get people from AEW coming over, we're going to have a better chance of like indie wrestlers popping up in the WWE again and, and other companies and stuff. And so I think, I think what Johnny Gargano coming back represents is like a really good sign of positive change for the WWE's future. Um, and in, in the, you know, the return itself, does it, does this lead to, I mean, to clearly Gargano in theory doing something, but like, do you think theory like puts the money in the bank briefcase on the line and maybe Gargano wins that from him to like, to really solidify, like, cause that's really doing something like that. It would really be showing the fans like theory was Vince's guy. Gargano's triple H's guy. 
And like, if Gargano would to win, were to win that briefcase, you know, that's really showing like, okay, like we're like all the, all the chips are out now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's the, 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 the choices are clearly being made now. Like, even though Vince might've been all about you and like, you know, Triple H is start going to start pushing his guys now, you know? So like, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's where it's headed? I don't think theory is going to put the briefcase on the line because I think the briefcase is just better off on a heel than a baby sure. face. I don't really like it on a baby face unless they're going to call their shot and be like, all right, here's where I'm cashing in. Let's do it. Like Van Dam did. He's yeah. Like, One night stand. This is where we're doing it. Like I'm not going to do some chicken shit cash in when everybody is hurt. Like if Gargano wants to do that, that's cool with me, but otherwise keeping on theory is fine. Just have theory lose this briefcase on it. Like, this, they need to kind of do away with it or come up with some type of fresh concept where uh with the with the briefcase because it, it's kind of played out at this point yeah. um I, it does look like they are building towards a match between gargano and theory which is, makes sense you know they they got the history and everything I thought the promo segment between them was good on Monday night I look forward to just gargano's run on the main roster in general I don't quite know what it looks like I just imagine He's going to have a bunch of banger matches because Triple H is letting people have banger matches right now. And Gargano certainly fits that. I think he'll be involved in the mid-card kind of picture. I I think the big moment for him is going to be at least within the next like six months or so. Um, I guess a little over six months. But like Mania, I could see him getting like a Mania moment of winning the Intercontinental or United States title. I, I think that's where... It could be going for Gargano. I don't think he's going to be quite inserted into the main event picture yet. I think they sort of had that mapped out. And of course, plans can always change. But I think they have that sort of mapped out with, with Roman and then Cody coming back and everything. And I don't know if Gargano like fully inserts himself there. Certainly by, by Mania um, next year, you know, it'll be a completely different landscape whenever Roman loses the, the title and everything. But I think Gargano is going to be very good mid-card spot for right now, have a bunch of great matches, and, look, he's happy. At the end of the day, that's what matters. He's a better fit in this version of WWE than he would be in this version of AEW because he'd probably just be kind of lost in the shovel uh, of AEW with all the guys that they have and all the guys that are out and returning and everything, but right now, WWE, you're Triple H's guy, you're in a good spot. Uh, you know, had Vince stayed stayed around, I don't know where Gargano would be. He might still be in, in diaper change wrestling and just hanging out with his kid because he's just waiting for some other shoe to drop. But yeah, once Triple H took power, it seemed very obvious that oh yeah, John, Johnny's coming back here because we see the writing on the wall which what Triple H is doing here. Yeah, and I agree with you about um, him being a better fit in this version of WWE than the current version of AEW also. If Gargano came to AEW, he'd have banger matches, no doubt. Like, he's fantastic in the ring. I'm not going to take anything away from him ever as an in-ring performer. But it's just such an ultra-stacked roster that, like, in in WWE, if he's pushed, he's going to have, like we both said, he's going to have a spotlight that's, like, way brighter on him in the WWE um, and, and, and he'll be working for a guy he trusts at Triple H. So, um, and then with, you know, you mentioned that Gargano and, uh, in theory have history. I didn't really think too much about that, but I guess, I guess they're both in, in Evolve at the same time briefly, I guess, was theory was kind of, 
The thing with the mall in NXT. Oh, I completely forgot about that. They referenced it. They referenced it on Raw, Jensen. Dude, I completely forgot about that. I'm sorry. I completely forgot about the way. (laughs) I completely forgot about that whole thing. Um, That was when I was really starting to like get out of being a fan of NXT, if I'm being honest. It wasn't because of that, but it was just kind of like at that same time, I was kind of dipping out of it. But were they involved at the same time, though? Because Theory was, like, the champion, like, super, super young there. No, I think I think Theory, by the time he got the title, Gargano was in the middle He's of his NXT He's probably gone stuff. already, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I forget, Gargano came in in the, in the Cruiserweight Classic, was it? Yeah, yeah. There were the Dusty Classic, the Dusty Classic with Champa. That's how he came in. And then he did the Cruiserweight Classic also. So, yeah, that's right. That was a long time ago. Time flies, man. But you're right. They had the the way. I, I completely forgot about that group. So, hey, good for them. Continuity-wise, if they brought it up during the segment, which I just completely forgot about, um, that's good that they're also referencing NXT storylines on WWE television. That's another positive sign because they should do that considering it's all one company and these fans are going to know about a lot of this stuff. So, hey, good good for them. I, I, I think it makes sense for Gargano in theory to wrestle anyways, just like stylistically and stuff. And and once again, what it represents kind of triple H's guy versus Vincent man's guy. I think it's, I still think, I still think like the burial of Austin theory is a little overstated. Um, At least in the sense that I don't think he's just going to be removed off television forever i know he went away for a little bit after SummerSlam, and he got the shit kicked out of him by brock and roman and he got it did got get kind of like bullied around leading into leading into SummerSlam and all that like roman was talking shit to him he was getting his ass kicked every week but we got to remember like theory was essentially hired by triple h because he was in nxt he had a good like a little role in nxt he was paired with gargano and everything i don't think theory is just like completely out the window on main roster but yeah. I, I clearly he's been downgraded a little bit. And that's why I don't think they should put the title on him. And I think he should just lose the briefcase or somehow or just fail cash in whatever has to happen there. Uh, I, but I just don't think theory is just like going to disappear and never be heard from again, just because, oh, Triple H is in charge. He doesn't like theory. I think Triple H still does like theory. He just likes other guys a little bit more. That's exactly where, where my head's at is like, I think he just... I, exactly that. I think there are people he just would prioritize right now over theory. Because the other thing with theory is he's still only what, like 23 or something. I mean, he's yeah. like, he's super young. They have all the time in the world. You don't, you don't want to like screw his career up and have him like perceived as like a jobber or something and have him have to try to recover from that over time. But like they have a lot of time to have Austin theory be one of their top guys. And um, I'm okay with the push he's gotten, by the way. Like, I'm not even one of those people that's like this big Austin Theory hater that thinks like he shouldn't have won money in the bank or this or that. It was just the way that they did it. I didn't like with like him losing to Lashley and then winning money in the bank and stuff. I just didn't, you know, but that was just how WWE kind of has always booked their stuff under, under Vince. Like it just is what it was, what it was. Um, and now things are different. And like, like you said, I do think Austin Theory has a super bright future in the company. But if you had to make a choice right now, if you're Triple H, of like who's getting a bigger push right now in this moment, Johnny Gargano or Austin Theory, I think he's probably going to go with Gargano. It's kind of just all I'm, all I'm saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy who is getting a push at the moment in Triple H's WWE is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, he returned uh, pretty much the, the first show Triple H was running. He said, fuck this Ezekiel nonsense that you're doing. <laughs> go out here, 
kill this man, put him put him in the hospital with all of his other family. Uh, he had a great match against Chad Gable on Monday. He's got the old Steen video package, the the, the Steen shirt with the tape, uh, the old Titan Tron, and every, not not the Steen, the NXT. Sorry, uh, shades of, of Kevin Steen. Um, but he's got the old like NXT Titan Tron and T-shirt and everything. It's very much Triple H reminding everybody like, yeah, this was my guy. He's still really fucking good. And we're going to give him a prominent spot on television. And you kind of love to see it because Owens, like he, he fills multiple roles. I mean, he headlined night one of WrestleMania against Steve Austin, but <laughs> a lot of people like know Kevin Owens with the, the Kevin scene fight, fight everything personality. And like, he can do the comedy stuff, but when this man just goes out there and just wants to have great matches and just wants to kill people, like, He's so good. And yeah, Triple H is positioning him to where like, yeah, this is a guy who he's he's going to be in one of these top spots. And I love that he had a competitive match against Chad Gable. It would have been very easy to go out there and just like squash Gable, who another guy who is a very good wrestler, who just is in a comedy sort of role right now. But let him have this competitive match against Chad Gable. Gable doesn't lose anything by losing. People expect him to lose anyway. He gains a lot by actually being competitive against owens and owens doesn't lose anything by having this competitive match against chad gable and he still gains a lot by by winning so you can have competitive matches with wins and losers AEW does this very well of like you put competitive matches on and somebody has to win somebody has to lose but the loser doesn't lose a whole lot and the winner just because you expect them to win easily they don't lose a whole lot either by because they still win so i thought this was a great piece of business this uh Chad Gable and Kevin Owens segment, and then the overall just package of Kevin Owens right now. Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite kind of kind of Kevin Owens. Like I, I've said it before, you know, I think my like my favorite NXT championship reign ever is Kevin Owens as NXT champion. I think that Finn Balor's reign probably meant the most for the company for like what it accomplished for the brand, like with the like how how much the brand expanded while he was the champion with that long term run. But like I. I love the the fight steam fight version of, of Owens. I mean, it's like, and that's how I really became a fan of his. Like I knew of him back, I mean, years before when he was, you know, doing the stuff with Generico and he was kind of like the, like he had like the, the, the shaved face and he was, he was very, he was heavy, but like he was doing moonsaults and stuff. Like it was, you know, but then like when he really turned into like the fight steam fight, the, the guy who turned on El Generico and like ripped his face mask off and put it on a chair, you know, and like, like, you know, that, like that, I, I love that kind of Kevin Owens. Like he can't be as quite as sadistic as he was on the Indies and in the WWE, but man, they can, they can get close though. Like they can show way more shades of that guy and the old, like the, the tape, the tape shirt and stuff. Like I love that merch and uh, the, the, the uh, Titan Tron video is way better than just, I think, I think before it was just like, it just said like fight, owens fight or something on it there was like nothing really to the titan tron before it was just like some words or something um but this is this is better i mean and if you're gonna push people like he's a guy to push like he's reliable he's great in the ring he's great on the microphone he's over he's a legitimate longtime veteran of the, of the game at this point and uh and he has a lot of really good years ahead of him still and if he's motivated and optimistic that's a big part of it for a lot of these guys and girls right now is like it's just that optimism. A lot of it just keeps going back to the Triple H change and the Stephanie and Nick Khan change and Vince leaving and stuff. Like, there's got to be guys like like Kevin Steen that were like, because for him, 
Uh, we've talked about this before as well. I think the main reason he resigned with the WWE, outside of the fact that he's a he's a lifelong fan and his kid loves it, he was probably promised when he was negotiating, they were like, we're going to do everything we can to get you versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania. And he was like, I'm in. Like, that's all I needed to hear. Probably for, for him, that's probably like, that's the best thing he could accomplish in wrestling is like he gets to wrestle his hero, so-called Steve Austin. Like, that's incredible. Um, and in the main event of WrestleMania, that's literally a dream come true for a guy like Kevin Steen. That's, that's awesome. Um, but then after that, it was like, then what, you know, you had like the Ezekiel stuff and like, you don't really know what's going to happen. And Vince is still in charge. And like, he hasn't won a title in so many years. It's like, it's just an un, uncertain future after Steve Austin. It feels like he was kind of like peak. And then, and then what? And now it's like, you have this whole new life because Vince has gone and triple H is in. And now it's like, wait, I can be, like I can have fun all year and not just like once a year on WrestleMania. Like I can, we can do an entire year now of like stories and I can be more of myself and have great matches and have like an edge. And you know, like it's so there's gotta be so, so many people like him and this is great spot. So for Kevin Steen specifically, I love it. He's one of my favorite performers in the world, in the world still. And the hotter WWE keeps getting, the more excited I'm getting. And when Cody returns, I'm hoping it all kind of like comes together to where I can just be like a WWE super fan again. I'm really hoping. I saw that Raw, I haven't seen all of the show yet, but I saw that Raw was apparently a really good show on Monday. It so was. like, so this is this is good stuff. And I really hope Kevin, Kevin Owens is going to be one of like the main players of the company right now. I, it definitely seems like he is. On Owens, you know, re-signing, him and Sammy both kind of made this point is like, you know, maybe the creative isn't always what fans want it to be for us, but they're having fun with it. And they're always on television. Those are two guys who just never had to worry about like, oh, I'm off television for a month. I don't have anything to do. Like maybe they're not wrestling every night, but they, they always just had promo segment. Just they always were on television in some way, like Sami Zayn and, and Johnny Knoxville. People are like, oh, well, this is a terrible use of Sami Zayn. But Sami Zayn is like, I'm on TV every week. I'm getting to work with Johnny Knoxville. I'm getting to do a bunch of like bullshit on, on social media and stuff. He was having fun with it. And I'm sure Kevin Owens felt like the same way about Ezekiel is like, okay, maybe this isn't what fans want. They want to see Kevin Owens fight and everything, but I'm on TV. We're having fun with the Ezekiel stuff. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's sports entertainment, WWE comedy and everything. And I think that was a big reason why they resigned also is like, we just don't have to worry about where our spot is, even though, you know, you can WWE release anybody at any time at any moment. Um, but it seems like those two guys, based on what they said, they were happy with everything because they were used regularly and they did have like some trust and creative freedom there. And now, like you said, with Triple H in charge, like that trust and freedom is still there and they can kind of get to be the people that fans maybe want to see a little bit more. Because like Sammy on SmackDown, he's part of the Intercontinental match and he was going out, he busted out the, the tope, which I feel like we haven't seen in forever. He was doing ju- just some great character work with, with Roman Reigns backstage and everything. Like Sammy, Sammy's killing it right now as well. So good on those guys. Hopefully they maybe they'll win the tag team titles. They should dethrone the Usos. I saw um didn't like Michael Cole or someone like reference El Generico also. I saw yeah. some people on Twitter talking about that. Yeah. Yep. Michael Cole referenced El Generico. They can say these things in, in WWE nowadays. It's insane. Hell yeah. Good. Finally. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Hey, we ain't talking about NWA this week. I did my rant last <laughs> week. What we are going to talk about, though, Stephen Jensen, this is your spotlight, is NXT UK is dead. 
long live NXT Europe. Uh, I will go ahead and say that I was wrong last week. I thought that I did say NXT UK seemed to be going by the wayside. I was correct about that. I thought just they would kind of not put as much focus on like the, the global NXT and they would keep the focus on just sort of mainland NXT stuff and build synergy there. Now they're going all of Europe. They're not just focusing on the United Kingdom. They are just going all of Europe with NXT UK. What does that look like? I have no idea. And it didn't seem like anybody really knows until 2023 when it launches at some point. But what are your thoughts on the the death of NXT UK and the eventual maybe rise of NXT Europe? It's it's definitely interesting, right? I mean, this like I think it was like the last week we were talking about NXT UK and we were talking about how it all looked like it was gonna just be consolidated into NXT 2.0 and now like Tyler Bate is you're going to be challenging. Well, they're going to be unifying. It looks like the NXT UK title and the in the NXT title between uh, Bate and um, and Braun Breaker and that kind of stuff. So on one hand, it, you know, they're doing that, and they, they there was a lot of releases as well last week. And but then they're but and I think they're just going to do a hiatus until. Well, I don't know how long the hiatus is going to be, but I think it starts next month sometime in september i it's, think it starts it seems like it's starting after worlds collide and then it's going to be until it seems like january 2023 so but the assumption is that it'll come back like bigger as nxt europe so that's the assumption yes yeah so i i'm interested for sure but it is strange that they like got rid of as many wrestlers as they did if this thing's just like coming back bigger because there was a lot of good talent that they that they released um so I guess it's just a little confusing to me, I guess, I, at the end of the day. I think I'm going to give WWE a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. And I could be completely off base with this. I could be completely wrong. Is because NXT UK isn't going to run shows, they just decided, hey, let's release you. You can still get paid for your 30 days. You can go off, do whatever you want uh, on the indies and everything without any you know contractual ties to us. And then when NXT Europe returns, maybe these people get re-signed. Um, they're, they're obviously bringing people over to NXT Florida. Uh, we saw Mako Satamora. Yeah. We saw Blair, Blair Davenport. Tyler Bate is over. The, the Gallus guys. Like they, they brought people to Florida. Uh, some people have said, like, uh, I, I listened to Amir Jordan with Cultaholic, and he basically said, like, I wanted to go to Florida, and it just it wasn't the plans. You know, NXT Europe was never offered to, to him. I don't know, and this is just his story. I would imagine it's it's similar kind of across the board. Is like they had certain people they wanted to bring to NXT Florida, and they only have so many spots there. I mean, no, no offense to Amir Jordan. I don't know where he fits in NXT 2.0. I don't think he gets like regular television time there if he's there. Um, right. And then with NXT Europe, because we don't really know what that looks like yet, I don't think they just wanted to commit to people and keep people under contract. I could be completely off base here. It could just be like, yeah, NXT UK is dead, so we're just releasing all this, all these talent that we had because now we have no use for them. I can want to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say they did this so they could kind of do their own thing until NXT Europe, and then maybe they get brought back. We obviously won't know until 2023 when they maybe do or do not re-sign some of these people. Yeah. I think, I think you're, I think you're on the money about all that. Um, I think it's definitely possible to see some of these names re-signed around the time that their brand relaunches 
or, or rebrands and relaunches. Um, and even, and also to your point too, I mean, they've been kind of setting up for this for a minute. I mean, even like Briggs and Jensen are the, are the NXT UK tag champions. You know what I mean? Like her, they, they make, it makes no sense for them to be the, the champions of that brand. I know, um, was it Oliver Carter was injured? They, they're, they had, they had to make the title. They had to default yeah. to someone new for the titles anyways. But it was like when they went with Briggs and Jensen, I was confused at the time because I was like, these guys have nothing to do with NXT UK. Um, but now it makes a lot more sense with like where things are at right now that they would have put the titles on them because now they can unify them. Um, so no, I'm with you. I, but there were some names on here. I mean, like, um, I don't want to go through the whole list of all the releases and like say like certain people are better than others or anything like that. But what I will say is like, I think Mark Andrews has a ton of talent that like, I, I think he could be like really big an impact if we were to go back there. Um, but I'd like to see Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in the WWE system. Like, I think that they both could be way bigger stars than like what they were able to do in WWE. And like, I was really surprised about Trent Seven because like he's such a big part of that brand, especially with Tyler Bate being the champion and all this stuff. I could, of all the names that were released, Trent Seven's the one that sticks out the most to me is like, he'll probably be back, I feel like, um, on NXT Europe. But, but there's a lot of good talent. I mean, Tio Man, I think, is like super slept on. Um, like Dave Mastiff is a really good big man. That him, him and Jack Stars, I think, are a pretty fun tag team. Like you know, with their dynamic and stuff. Like there's there's a lot of really good talent that got that got released that I think should be back for NXT Europe. And if not, they should find jobs elsewhere among the world of wrestling. So, um, and they have released a lot more people than like I realized at the time too. I mean, there's a solid like. 20 or so people i feel like they got released so it's a pretty big one yeah it was trend seven was definitely one that i was surprised by because it seemed like he could just come over to nxt regular god just kicking the mic steven jensen sorry about uh, that i, I did i kicked <laughs> I, I need the microphone an accident and trend seven just had this big heel turn and the, the whole yeah. feud with with tyler Bate and all this stuff and just it seemed like he was going to be prime for like a good heel run so I think yeah. I think that they had the people they were set on bringing over to NXT main roster, and he just didn't fit in their plans. And you know, once NXT Europe launches, assuming it gets off the ground, then it does launch. Like they're gonna need talent, and this is why I imagine, especially a guy like Trent Seven, somebody like Millie McKenzie, I imagine like they get called back and brought back for for this project. We probably won't know this until 2023 when more plans uh, about all of this are revealed and we'll, we'll see then i you know nxc uk is a nice little one hour wrestling show with a bunch of bearded white guys we'd fit in great on that show jensen yep. we need to develop an accent uh but we, we could be the american we could be the uh the gaijin tag team that goes over there um yeah you know we could we could beat up some there people uh but yeah nxc uk what an experiment that was, and now it is over. Yeah. Listen to the uh, weekend. I cover it every week. I guess I'll be taking a sabbatical for a while from covering it because it won't, they won't exist for a while. But as, as somebody, I, I would say as a weekly viewer of NXT UK, like I am kind of bummed out that it is going away because I, not a lot of people pay attention to it, but it's a show that has storylines that make sense, payoffs for their storylines, and good matches. So, I mean, it's, it's actually a, a good watch in my opinion, so. You you gotta find uh, some other hour long wrestling show to watch every week. Oh, you gotta find more wrestling to watch in your free time. Yeah, there's plenty of plenty of that. 
You can watch Impact Wrestling, where Eddie Edwards is set to uh, challenge Josh Alexander for the Impact World title at Bound for Glory. He won the six-way match. Um, he won, the, he, yeah, he won the six-way match at, at the Impact show, and that's that's it. It's Eddie Edwards. What do you think of this, Jensen? I mean, I'm going to sound kind of like a broken record, but I mean, this is just kind of like this always happens with impact with him. You know what I mean? It's just like this. It's not the only difference between this and like every other time we've seen this, which has been like a trillion times. It feels like is now he's a heel with honor no more. Like that's the only kind of difference now, but like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not that. I, listen, I, I hate being like this because Eddie Edwards is really solid. Like he's a really good in-ring wrestler. He's been super loyal to impact wrestling. He deserves to be put he deserves to be in a prominent role on the show, no doubt. But I feel like I've seen him in the title picture just way too much over the years with Impact when they just have a roster full of just people ready to break out, like Austin Aries and Chris Bay and Willie Mack and all these guys we've talked about, you know, over the years, like Trey Miguel, all these guys that like you. And it's like you just keep going back to Eddie, you keep going back to Sammy. It's like they're, they're, those are like the two guys that I feel like it just always. And I think it'll be good. And like, maybe that's the new dynamic is like, you know, will Eddie Edwards win the title now? And like, is uh, him and leading honor no more? Is that the dynamic that makes people interested? Or uh, I, I don't, I'm just not that I'm not into the idea of Eddie Edwards getting another world title shot, even though it's been it a minute sucks. since he's had one. Yeah. Okay. Sucks. So that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sugarcoating it, but I'm, yeah, I, it doesn't excite me because I, f- I feel like I've seen it a trillion times in Impact with Eddie Edwards. It's been a minute since he's had a title shot. I'll give him that. It's not like it's been shoved down our throats recently, but yeah, I, I don't. There's way there's way more people. There's way there's people I'm way more interested in getting a title shot against Josh Alexander than Eddie Edwards right now. The Honor No More stuff doesn't hit as well with Ring of Honor being back and being part of AEW television. It's like, well, here's the cast-offs that no one really cares about. It, that didn't make it to AEW ROH and these guys are talented and everything, but it does have WCW invasion vibes of like, Hey, sure. where's, you know, where's Jay lethal? Where's Jonathan Gresham? Where's the Briscoes? Like these were the guys who you know, were ring of honor staples in, in the pandemic times. And now they're part of AEW or just part of other stuff or part of AEW ROH, whatever it might be. It's like, all right, here's Vincent, and, and Matt Taven. Matt Taven was a world champion and everything, but it's like, eh, you know, PCO again, world champion. But these are not the guys you associate fully with like Ring of Honor. Uh, when, when you talk about really just Ring of Honor in general, and no offense to Matt Taven, people pretty much called that the the one of the worst decisions Ring of Honor made by putting I, I the title that, on him. I, th- I consider him to be the second worst Ring of Honor champion ever, personally. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Number so, one's Dalton Castle for those keeping score. So. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's because he beat Cody, right? Is that yeah? Well, I'm, I'm also not a huge Dalton guy, <laughs> but like I really did like that he beat Cody too. So yeah. <laughs> Eddie Edwards, like, all right, sure. Not not sure, man. It's it's it feels like lazy. It just feels like Impact has the chance to do something different. And I said this last week, like I got no problem with with Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley in these positions and challenge for this title. I like these guys. I don't have anything against Eddie Edwards, like. He's a fine professional wrestler. I think the Tommy Dreamer tribute act got old years ago, and I don't need to see that anymore. 
but I I don't have any desire to see these matches for on pay-per-views as world title matches. You want to throw these matches on impact? Like Josh Alexander just have like cool matches against these guys on, on impact. That's fine. If you're trying to like sell pay-per-views with this stuff, there's no, no selling point to me. Like you got other talented guys that you can put in this spot. I don't need to see Eddie Edwards in this spot when his biggest run came because Sammy Callahan accidentally smashed him in the face with a baseball bat years ago. Like that was cool. I mean, not that him getting smashed. That right. sucked. But like the the way they built off of that and played off of that, that was cool. That was a nice little angle. It was years ago at this point. And he's like still doing kind of the same stuff. Again, the honor, no more stuff, just low rent vibes because it's the people he's doing it with. And it's not like the people you kind of associate with ROH. I don't like it for, for impact and what, you know, bound for glory, watch Eddie Edwards challenge for the title. Good luck. Especially because it's like that show too, right? I mean, like if this was like an impact plus show, I wouldn't be as big of a deal, but like it's bound for glory. Like you could have, put something bigger and better together for that. Yeah, it's supposedly your your biggest pay-per-view of the year, even though I think Slammiversary is... Hey, Eric Young, another guy. Like, I like Eric Young. That match Josh Alexander and Eric Young had were great. But, like, I don't need to see Eric Young, like, headlining these shows. You look at Josh Alexander's run, he's having good matches, but basically he's just, like, running through... And maybe this is the point of, like, he's just running through, like, all the Impact original kind of guys, the long-term veterans, and that's it. It's like... I want to see Josh Alexander wrestle the the new crop of talent. I want to see guys get elevated in this spot, not just Josh Alexander wrestling guys who have been here a million times. I, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I'm with you. Although I will say, I thought now Shelly match was really, really good. The oh, Alex yeah. Shelley, the, look, you know. the Alex Shelly match was great, the, and the Eric Young match was great. It's just not – and I think the Eddie Edwards match will be good because Josh Alexander is like a very, very good professional wrestler. It's tough to have a bad match with Josh Alexander. I just think there's more impact can do with yeah. their, with their world champion and the talent that they have. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, like I, I, like I said, they have a whole roster of like young, hungry, up and coming talent that just need those kind of opportunities and main events to like really prove that they can be main event players you know, for their future. And when guys like Eddie Edwards keep getting shots, not once again, it's nothing against Eddie, but it's like, Ace Austin's doing nothing. Chris Bay is doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, those, those are two guys right there off the top of your head where it's like, you build it right, you put them in the match, they kill it, and now you got main eventers. You know, it's like, it just seems like a no-brainer to me. So. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the indie spotlight, Steven Jensen. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout-out. <laughs> a big motherfucking shout-out to Titus Alexander, who won... The West uh, West Coast Pro Wrestling West Coast Cup uh, over over the weekend. Uh, we we've talked about him before. Uh, I spotlighted the his match he had with Will Osprey uh, a few months ago, which was still an incredible match, and I absolutely love that match. And now doing big things on the West Coast. I know because it's it's your uh, your forte, the the Southeast area. We we stick to we stick to a lot of that, but. West Coast, he's killing it out there. He beat Starboard Charlie, beat Masha Slamovich, Nick Wayne, and Chris Sabin in this West Coast Cup. And the Nick Wayne match, it's a it's a nice, tidy, like 14-minute match, you know, right in my wheelhouse. One, one 
there's a great long list of like indie matches that uh, this year and everything, but Nick Wayne continues to kill it. And Titus absolutely killed in this match. I love that match. Everyone go out of your way, watch that match between him and Nick Wayne. Starboard Charlie, another guy who he's coming off an injury. He's been back for a little while, but a guy who's got a lot of hype around them uh, as young as he is. And another guy who is going to be killing it for, for years to come. But Titus is in that mix too, man. He's good. He's really good. I was happy to see him like get this kind of this big spot and just have a bunch of great matches. Beating beating Impact guys like like Chris Saban and Impact Girl and Masha and then more just young talent in Nick Wayne and Starboard Charlie. Yeah, no, I Titus Alexander is a he's mega talented, super, super high ceiling, ton of potential. Um the, you know, he, he mainly is, is known in like the, in the, on the West coast and like the San Francisco area and stuff. Um, but when he starts branching out more, especially if he starts getting like some like big looks in like GCW and stuff like that, like he'll really, he's one of those guys I say, I'd say it on the weekend or about him pretty often where like, we really need to, um, enjoy him while we can, because once the word gets out about him, he'll get signed really, really fast. I think like, he's going to be one of those guys. that's just not going to be sticking around the Indies for long. Cause like he could, he could show up on impact wrestling right now with the right character and the right push and be like a main player right now, in my opinion, on a, on a company like that. And in a company like NXT or AEW, he'd be a longer term play, but you could develop a guy like that into a future main event star. Like, He's a, I've heard Righteous Reg actually compare him to like TNA AJ Styles, which is like one of the highest compliments you can give a wrestler in my opinion. And, um, and I know he gets to see him a lot more cause he's on the West coast, uh, Reg. So like, um, I try to keep up with like kind of his coverage of him when, whenever I can too. Um, yeah, he's great. I mean, and, and if I remember correct, cause I watched the show, if I remember correctly, Titus won with his sweet time driver, which is basically a Michinoku driver. Um, he beat Saban with it. He beat Masha with it and he beat Wayne with it, all kind of different setups. And then I think he beat Starboy Charlie with a second rope one to win the tournament, which was really nice. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's a guy who, if you, if you don't already know, and you have, you haven't become familiar with Titus Alexander is a guy who he's on the, he's on the cusp of like really, really, really breaking out. He on, on the West coast, he's already like West coast pro. He's like one of the first people I think of when I think of that brand already. But once he starts branching out more and more across the country, uh, you know, around the world and in some bigger, some bigger name companies, he's going to get swooped up. I have no doubt about it. Um, he'll, he's a, he's a future world champion at some point in one of these big companies. I mean, he's the talents there. He's got the look. If he just stays healthy and uninjured, the sky's the limit for that guy. See, this is we mentioned Impact, and they're using Eddie Edwards. There's a lot of good talent on like the indie scene that Impact should try to scoop up and actually make a focal point of their television show rather than using the same people they've been using. Titus Alexander, a very good example of that, I think, to where he could just come in there and he could be be presented as a top guy immediately and just have great matches and. It'd be a focal point on their show, and it, you know they're they're just gonna give more time to you know, Brian Myers or something. No, they pair. I mean, Impact apparently wasn't interested in Josh Bishop. Crazy, <laughs> like he can immediately he can main event immediately with yeah. his just on on look alone before the fan base even knows who he is. You just see that guy, and you're like, I gotta be the champion. Like Sid Vicious, what you know? Like I mean, it's but that's just another example of like like you just said. 
keep sticking with Sammy Callahan, keep sticking with Eddie Edwards and so on and so forth. And these guys like Titus Alexander and Joshua Bishop and stuff might just slip right through the cracks. Like you, you probably got a, you got a really good shot of these kind of guys right now before other companies are interested. And, um, Look, yeah. Trip Trips has got the he's got the pencil, he's got the pen as well. He's gonna be he's gonna be scooping up these indie guys pretty soon. So if you're another company, you should probably do what you can to to get these guys on board before Trips brings them to Orlando to have them do Ford rolls all the time. All right. Uh your Andy Spotlight, Stephen Jensen. You were at GCW over the weekend having a blast in Georgia. How was it? How was the little GCW show? It was awesome, man. What a great show. Great venue, center stage. Um, got to meet up with our friend Cassidy Haynes from Bodyslam.net. Your friend. Well, you, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know you're y'all. I know we're all friends here. Um, yeah, Cassidy, great dude. Um, got to meet him. Like, cause I never met him in person before. Got to sit next to him during the show and stuff. Shout out to GCW for like. They got me like a, like one of those like VIP wristbands and stuff like that. So I can kind of like roam around and, you know, it was, it was great. Um, it was all the people, the people in the company, are like super hospitable. It's a really positive vibe too, from like all the wrestlers and stuff. Like you kind of walk around and you just start dabbing people up, you know, you see Cole there and it's like, you know, give Cole a big hug. Cause it's like, man, you know, with all these interviews we've been doing, it's great to, you know, see him in person and like, you know, start talking to Joe Lando and stuff because you stand there next to Cole, and then you know, start talking to Marshall Slamovich and Nick Gage, and like you're just, you're just there. And there's people just there, like like JD Drake was just there as a fan, just like ran into him. Um, B Boy, I was buying a beer right next to B Boy during the show, and like AC Mac was there. It was funny because AC Mac, IWTV champion, AC Mac, friend of the spotlight, of course. He um, his boyfriend Rico Gonzalez is like really on the come up right now himself in the indie scene. And AC was talking about, like, I saw him at the bar and I was like, man, Rico's killing it. And he was like, dude, I know he's like, I'm so nervous. Like he's, he's in the sixth match tonight. He's in the scramble. And he was buying like a, like a double whiskey and Coke or something. Cause like to calm his nerves. Cause like, he's like, he wanted, he wanted Rico to do so good, you know? Um, um, so an AC was really, AC said he wants to come back on here sometime soon too. Um, so like, it was cool as hell, man. Um, I, I got to meet White Mike, got to meet Rob Killjoy. Also want to give a shout out to Lance Lude. He wasn't at the show, but uh, Lance Lude is the tag team partner of Rob Killjoy and the Ugly Ducklings. And uh, Lance Lude actually um, just beat cancer. He just came back from cancer and he's and he's wrestling again, which is like, I, I it makes me want to tear up just like saying it. You know, like, that's incredible that that dude has fought through cancer and and he's and he's and he's back doing his thing in the ring. So like, um, so yeah, man, GCW was a blast. The show the show was awesome. A lot of great matches. Like Joe Lando and uh, Nick Wayne, I thought was was great. I mean, just do you want to talk about just bright future for wrestling? Both those guys right there, and Billy Starks and B Boy killed it. And I mean, I got to see the SGC. I was right there. If y'all watched the replay of um, there was a big suplex in the main event, like like um off like a scaffold type thing um in the crowd and it was uh who did it i think it was dark chic gave the move to uh it was one of the i think it wasn't ciclope i think it was miedo extremo 
But I was right there. Like, if y'all watch the replay, I'm standing over the spot as it's happening. And they, like, do this suplex, like, off of, like, like in the crowd, like, through this door. It was it was nasty. And Cassidy got a pretty good video of it. But uh, but anyway, it was great. Got to see John Mosley, our boy, jumping Johnny Mosley, Mose. Nice. He, was, uh, he did commentary for GCW this weekend in Charlotte and Atlanta. So shout out to Mose. That's incredible. Got to see Brett Eisen live for the first time in forever. Um, he wrestled Cole Radrick and Brett Eisen almost fought a fan. That would have been really entertaining. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cole mentioned that in the interview. That yeah. Did with him. Yeah. And I didn't realize Cole said it when I was interviewing him that the guy was wearing a Cole Radrick t-shirt. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that makes a little more sense now. But so like I've known Brett for years because he's he's the man out of like the Southeast, like especially in Nashville and like Chattanooga. And he uh <laughs> but he's not really that well known in the GCW universe because he's only made like one GCW appearance and it was in Nashville years ago. So this dude's like heckling him. It's like dead silent. This guy's like heckling him saying like, we don't know you. And like, who is this guy and blah, blah, blah. And eventually it like, it escalates very fast to where all of a sudden the next thing you know, Brett is like holding the ropes apart for this guy to come into the ring and this dude's walking down the stairs to like to fight Brett Ison, and I'm telling the people in my in my section who like don't know, I'm like, Brett's gonna murder this dude. Like this is not gonna be good at all. And like Brett will do this. Like he will fight this guy. This isn't like one of these things where he's just talking a big game. Like he will fight this guy. And um, and then before you knew it, Brett Lauderdale, you know, made sure the fan didn't get any closer to the ring and like had him go back to his seat and stuff. But like. Um, but yeah, it was a man, what a great show. And I'm missing stuff too. I mean, uh, Anthony Henry and, and, uh, Jordan Oliver was great. And Nick Gage came out and hyped the crowd up. And like I said, I got to meet him like in person during the show and stuff. And got to meet Masha Slamovich in person, which was awesome. I mean, it was, it was a hell of an experience. Um, there was great matches, thoroughly enjoyed the show. Can't wait for them to come back again. And, uh, want to thank GCW again for the hospitality. I mean, it's just it's 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 nice to go somewhere you feel welcome as like even like i I don't really consider myself media but like i kind of am because i am doing some interviews and stuff while i'm there but like you know they're they're all full transparency there's plenty of shows that i've gone to where like i've done like media type stuff and i really don't feel that welcome like i'm just kind of like i feel like i'm almost getting in the way of stuff and i'm almost like why did you invite me to this if you're gonna like be like this but this was total. This GCW has always been the complete opposite. It's like you feel super welcome at those shows. Um, so yeah, I can't wait for the next one. And bury those companies who don't welcome you, Steve Jensen. <laughs> Fight them all. Yeah, yeah. It happens every now and then where it's like I get literally invited to a show. They caught me tickets and everything, and I only go because it's free. Like it's the only reason I'm going. Like I, otherwise, I wouldn't even go to some of this stuff. And then like. I asked for like very basic things, like just for little interviews here and there. And they're like, don't want to do it. Or they're like, they think, you know, just like didn't have to come here straight up. Did not have to be here. <laughs> so like, but GCW is the d- different, even if GCW wasn't taking care of that kind of stuff, I'd go to GCW like right. just cause it would be an awesome time. And the people are cool as hell and the matches are great. So I'm glad you had a good time at the GCW event. I'm sorry. You had to hang out with Cassidy Haynes. Oh, no, Cassidy rules. He's great. I love Cass. He knows I love him. He he's an absolute trip. Uh, I'll say that about Cassidy Haynes. He's a trip. Uh, great guy. Steven Jensen, we're we're kind of early 
today. We, this is we got great. through everything. Yeah. This is great. Well, it is good too because y'all are getting kind of an extended interview with Rob. I think that one was about 45 minutes, probably. So yeah. you're getting a nice long interview with Rob Wilkins. Um, and yeah, that gives me good time to like actually like not have to run <laughs> to my other computer to clock in for work. So um, you're not only you're not only getting an interview with Rob Wilkins, I'm springing this on you now, Stephen Jensen. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp recorded an interview with Rosario Grillo and Hunter Knott, who have appeared on AEW Dark uh, in the past. This happened at StarCast. And it's a very short interview. It's like four or five minutes. Uh, and we're going to air that interview as well after the Rob Wilkins interview. So, so double dose of interviews nice. here on the spotlight. These guys are... You know, they, they are guys we would want a spotlight on this show because they're they're not super well known, but they've been on dark in the past. I believe they train at the Nightmare Factory. So, you know, we'll give, we'll give them some love here on the show. And, and Sean Ross Sapp did the interview. So we're going to air that after our interview with Rob Wilkins. Nice. More more, more uh, Nightmare Factory love, man. We had a yeah. dark sheik, Jameson Ryan on here not too long ago. Um, Diamond sheik. Diamond sheik. What did I say? You said dark sheik. Oh, sorry. Well, dark sheik, I was just talking about with, yeah. with GCW. Yeah, Diamond sheik. I apologize. Yes, Diamond sheik and jameson ryan um and yeah um if you want to follow me on twitter it's fight talk underscore uh check out the fightful select weekender podcast that's every sunday on fightfulselect.com if you want to hear the audio interviews i did with emble j cole radrick and joe lando over at fightfulselect.com those are available they're like three four minutes long each not too not too long but i try to get a few good questions in there for you and there's some written articles on fightful.com from those interviews too if you want to check them out and uh yeah Everything else I got going on, I'll just make sure to keep updated on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. So please shoot me a follow, and I hope you enjoy the uh, the interview portion here. And I'm going to clock in for my shoot job. Enjoy enjoy your day, Stephen Jensen. I hope it goes well. We will be back next week with everything. I, I'll wrap up later on. But for right now, let's go to our interview with Rob Wilkins, who people know from Fightful. People know from Fightful Overbooked. People might just know from his photoshops on Twitter. However, you know, Rob Wilkins, a great guy. He talks about his journey in the wrestling media, the journey to get to Fightful, what, he, what he's doing now over at Fightful and Fightful Overbook, and his weight loss uh, journey. People who have known Rob for a while, who have followed that, very inspirational Rob Wilkins. So we're going to throw it to there. Hope everyone enjoys our, our chat with our pal, Rob Wilkins. Welcome back, everyone, to the Creator Spotlight here on the Spotlight. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That's still Steven Jensen. And below us... A face you recognize, a name you know here on Fightful, Fightful.com, Fightful Overbooked, oh. Fightful Select. It is Rob Wilkins. Rob, how you doing, buddy? I am doing really good. Thanks for having me. Thank thank you. I can't really believe it. I, when Steven asked me last night, I was like, are you sure you want this guy? And uh, <laughs> so I am glad to be here. Yeah, we, we appreciate you joining us, Rob. We really appreciate it. Uh, last night, yeah, that's Wednesday. Stephen asked you during Dynamite, you know, can can you do the show to, yep. to be on live yeah. here on Thursday? Yep, and I said, absolutely. You got me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Justin is very confused. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> we got it. We got it. I just saw Rob uh, the other day. We did the True Heel Heat Sports Channel. Uh, we did uh, NFC North predictions just the other day. So check that out, everyone who hasn't already. I'm remarking my Vikings jersey. Me and Rob are Vikings fans. So figured it would be appropriate to uh, 
whatever, man, Skull Vikings. Uh, Rob, Rob's such a good friend that he actually bought me a bunch of Adam Thielen cereal up there in Minnesota, and he's sending it out to me, which is really, really nice. He's wow. Adam Thielen's my favorite player. I'm wearing his jersey right now, so. That is very nice. Yeah. Nobody sends me anything. Everybody well, should send me stuff. Yeah, I'm send- about to probably take work off to go to your wedding, so. Aw, that's nice yeah. of you. Yeah. I'd say everybody <laughs> come to my wedding, but we're already, we're overbooked at the wedding. So hey. I don't, I don't know if the Viate will appreciate having more people. Okay. Let, let's get, let's get into this things. Rob Wilkins, let everyone first off know what you do in the wrestling media sphere. Oh man. Well, I, I co-host, uh, coexisting with Rob and Maggie every Friday on Fightful Overbooked. And then I also, uh, have coexisting after dark, uh, which is on Fightful Select. It's just a post show where me and Maggie um, just kind of talk to somebody every week. We have a guest and just kind of have fun. And then as far as, far as like Fightful goes, I, I'm i like a backup like a writer for, for Fightful. I just kind of help out when, when you guys need me to. And I've helped out with social media, um, setting up podcasts, setting up just pretty much whatever you guys need, I try to do. I'm just like that uh backup guy so i mean i just do whatever i can whenever i can rob also does a great job just keeping an eye on news and dropping the news in the chat for us a jack of all trades is what rob wilkins is and coexisting the best show we have on fightful overbooked 98 percent thanks to maggie <laughs> yeah maybe 99 <laughs> Oh, the face hilarious. that run, the face that runs the place. <clears throat> yes, the the fightful legend Maggie uh, is is the reason coexisting is the best show we have over there. Rob, how'd you get started with everything that you you got going on at Fightful now? Well, you know it's a it is a long story, but I'll make it short. Basically, from 1997 to 2000, I was in wrestling media. I was doing aggregation. Uh, I worked for Lords of Pain for one day before I got let go. Um, they just they had too many people that wrote and I just got out of wrestling, like writing. I just didn't want to do it. So about 17 years later, 18 years later, I come across every time I come across a wrestling website, I always see the initials SRS and I couldn't figure out who the hell it was. And I eventually saw like Sean Ross app and I'm like, Oh, well I'll just go to his website since he's the guy that I always see. And then after a while, I just became friends with, everybody at Fightful and I got started with Fightful because of Sean was looking at trying to build up Facebook, uh, like doing Facebook groups. And I had experience with that and that's how I got started. And I just, I always wanted to do something with Fightful. So that's how I started. I just started low and then kept on working my way up. And, uh, my first, like actual fightful.com gig was doing uh fight uh AEW dark coverage uh live coverage and uh that was something um <laughs> I, yeah the three million matches they i mean they still oh, run that's right. on those shows yeah, every single was, week yes i remember yeah. i remember when you were doing dark coverage <laughs> oh man it was just brutal like absolutely brutal i'm like why did i sign up for this this is awful <laughs> um and uh, then the next thing I know, I, I can't remember who was doing the Dynamite coverage at the time, but they pretty much left like right after I started. And Sean asked me if I had interest in doing Dynamite. And 
and NXT, and I jumped on the I jumped at it, and he he trusted me, and he liked what I uh, brought to Fightful, and and he just let me do other things. I told him that I had news experience writing, I had editing experience, and stuff like that. So he he brought me on to help out when you guys need it, and it's I haven't looked back. It, and as you see in like the chat, I'll occasionally just say, "You guys need anything? Let me know." I'm just sitting sitting over here doing nothing. Um, but yeah, I do like occasionally send in send in news and stuff like that that I see, and um, sometimes it's sometimes it's like no we don't need that sometimes it's it's good stuff like good like good catch but um it's it's really fun to see how everything operates behind the scenes though that's that's what i've noticed that i like so much you can see me yelling at everybody because that's basically what happens behind the scenes i'm just a complete asshole to everyone (laughs) well not to me yet um but the well, the best thing about you is I get to see the uh, method behind the the point god, the headline god too. So the the method is that I just I just keep working, and I, I'll put yep. you over here, Rob Wilkins. Of you, you're not like on the news team, um, yep. but you you are always willing to help with everything. You're always willing to do. We 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 put together a lot of transcription work nowadays, especially now we have like the manpower that, that we've never had before. So you're always willing to help out and do like transcription posts. And, and I edit a lot of those and I tell you like, Hey, this is good. And then, you know, if there's an error, I'm like, Hey, this, you know, clean this up, fix this. And you're always like, Oh, yep. Gotcha. So you're always willing to help. And I always appreciate that. And yeah, just like keeping an eye on news like you do a great job with that and just posting in the chat. And I know sometimes it's like, yeah, we wouldn't run this, but just asking just in turn just helps everybody because somebody else might've had that question, you know? And then if you want to win, sometimes maybe you are trusted with uh, doing this uh, when, you know, I'm going to be gone the first week of October. And so other people are going to have to help out and everything. Like you will have a better understanding of like, Hey, I can do this. I, I know what I need to do here. I can try to chip in with different stuff. I like people who have a good work ethic and who are willing to help. And you do that. And I always appreciate that. Even I get very focused and locked in on news. And so I can be a jerk sometimes. I fully admit that. Uh, I But I always appreciate that you are, are willing to help with everything. Oh, no problem. I, I Like I said, I absolutely love working with everybody. And um, it's... I you haven't been a jerk to me at all, so it's been great. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that first time, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I try not to be. I really yeah. don't. But I I get very locked in with with, with the news, and I I I don't think I'm actually a jerk. No, but sometimes I do feel like I will come off the wrong way because you can't retone in text. You know what no. I mean? So I'm like, oh man, I if I ever am, I, I will quickly apologize. And if I ever am, just please tell me like, hey, you were mean to me. I'll be like, I apologize, man. I get very focused on news. Everyone, if Rob has seen the process, I'm like, I'm laser focused when it comes to that stuff. And that's why I have to toot my own horn. But it's just me, me and Andrew Thompson. That's that's the list. Yeah. And, and that's that's a good that's a that's another guy with a great work work ethic, Andrew Thompson, man, friend of the show, Andrew Thompson. Recent he taught me everything well. I know. Yeah, he taught me everything yeah. I know. Um, Rob, you said that you started writing about wrestling in '97. 
how long had you been a fan? Like what, like what year around do you remember, like really starting to like get into wrestling as a fan? The, unfortunately, I don't remember the year, but the first person I saw on TV that caught, like that got me was Andre the Giant because I've never seen anything like that. I was like, holy crap, you know, that, like, that's, I'm never, what is that? <laughs> um, he looked like a Scooby-Doo villain type thing, you know, but it <laughs> sure. was, it was just huge. And um, I, I was just like enamored with it. And, and the next thing I know, it was one of those things where my dad knew what to, if I wanted to, if he wanted me to leave him alone, just put on wrestling, put me in front of the TV and he can go do whatever he needed to do. And, uh, uh, so it worked. And I just remember, unfortunately being a Hulkamaniac at a young age and, uh, <laughs> Oh, we all were. Man. Yeah. There's yeah. no way around that. Like, yeah. We all like, were. If you like, unless you got into wrestling, like John Cena era, there's no yeah. way you were at a Hulk Hogan fan yeah. at some point. Right. In life. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, but I was that weird kid that eventually I got about a year or two after that I got into like I'm like I like this DiBiase guy he has all the money and <laughs> right like I didn't have any money so I liked him so I started like I started like in the hills at like at a very young age which is somewhat disturbing when I look at it that way now. Yeah, no, I, I was the same way when I got I I initially started liking it the baby faces like Hulk Hogan was the first wrestler I think I knew about, but Randy Savage was definitely my first favorite wrestler. Like once I saw Savage, I was like, wait a second. He does the elbow off the top rope and, and Hogan only does like the, like the leg drop from like standing like that. Yeah. Like this guy's way better than Hulk. Like I even just like the finisher alone. I just didn't understand. And, uh, but then probably a few years into my fandom is when I started really, turning and liking the heels like around the time the nwo was like getting really hot is like i'm like you know start becoming an outsiders fan and all this stuff and obviously that was hogan as well you know in savage and those guys but yeah. were you the same way jeremy like did you like the heels growing up too or i was i was always hogan fan as i started to get a little bit older because i, I kind of got into it like 94 95 um and i started to like get into the attitude era like i went more like austin rock i i did like like hollywood hogan though i guess so because the heels were cool in that time right, right? Exactly, like yeah the, the heel like that was the that was the whole thing it's like the cool heels because i definitely like the like, kevin nash like kevin nash is like the coolest dude to me yeah. uh and scott hall like nwo versions like they they were awesome to me so yeah yeah i probably did like the heels but that was always a sting fan like For sting sure. was always i was staying i was more sting than hogan and then crow sting with like like just anything sting that that was my guy so I just like I just liked what was, seemed cool at the time. I, I was never like, oh, this guy's a jerk. I, the, the heel baby face, I don't know if it resonated with me as much as maybe, unless it was Hogan. Like, unless it was like Hogan. But as I got older, it didn't resonate with me as much. Well, with Hogan, it was like the reaction was such a big part of it too. Because even when he came back in like 2002, he was like a lot older, but like the way the fans reacted is what made it fun. Like it wasn't like right. the wrestling. It was like when he throw a punch and everyone is standing up cheering for just like punches and kicks, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and, and that's what I think wrestling is missing a little bit now is like just guys like that, that, you know, don't even do a whole lot, but the place just goes insane for. Um, so Rob, so you got in like Andre the Giant fascinated you. And yeah. then you were a little Hulkamaniac, like all of us were at one point in our lives. And then 
you kind of started, you know, digging Ted DiBiase and the heels. So uh, how, then, then what's like the evolution from there? Like, who would you consider kind of your, if you had to make like kind of a list of like your favorite wrestlers, who would be on my, list? my favorite of all times, Bret Hart. Um, right. And like, it got to the point where my mom was, we were living in Tallahassee, Florida. My mom was going to Florida state. And I actually told her, I'm like, start looking at schools in Canada. Like, <laughs> nice. Like it, she's like, what? And I'm like, they have colleges in Canada. I'm like, you should consider it. She's like, why Canada? And I'm like, it's a, it's a better country. She's like, I don't get, I what? And I'm like, Bret Hart is right. And I just walk away. And my brother, my younger brother's like, he's dumb, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was like that. Bret Hart, Mister Perfect, were two of the guys that I absolutely loved. Um, and Mr. Like Mr. Perfect, he was somebody that I just thought was like just so good. Like I just liked him, and I think a lot of it was just due to his like the vignettes he would do. Um, he he was just like somebody I just really liked, and I always really enjoyed the Intercontinental Title. Um, as I got as I got older, it was something that I always. I just I just really liked. I always thought some of the better storylines and the better up and coming wrestlers were going after that. And a lot of my favorite wrestlers like Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels would have their ladder matches. I was just always more uh, enamored with that title until like Brett started going for the world title, and then it just kind of all went that way. But um, Brett's Brett's my all time favorite. And then um, I took a little bit of a break and about. Um, 2001 to about 2003, because I was just kind of like, all right, well, Bret Hart's done. Um, I don't like this other, there's nobody really other than, like, I like The Rock, but he's not doing much, and Stone Cold is not a, not doing much, so I'm, like, just kind of done with it. And that's and, also all the companies consolidating into the WWE yeah. at the same time, too. Yeah. Yep. So I was just done with it, and... uh I just came like I came back to it one night. Just I was bored, and I uh, I don't even remember what got me, but um, I always paid attention though. Like even if I wasn't watching, like I always still paid attention to see what was going on. And I know I never missed like I never missed WrestleMania. Like so, even if I wasn't watching, I watched WrestleMania. So, um, so but yeah, like I Bret Hart was my guy. I even s saved money to do the compilation tapes like off the internet that people would make and then i got into tape trading so it was that was uh that was my guy though bret hart still is that's awesome our, our friend doug who we're gonna be doing our uh the fightful football weekly show with he's meeting bret hart this weekend which is yeah. pretty cool i uh i actually bought a uh wcw ring fighters uh bret hart min on card and had it sent to doug so he can get it signed for me so i'm Very really cool. looking forward to that nice. yeah I'm, yeah but i'm getting one from him when i also got a wcw smash and slam from uh from goldberg did the same thing he's getting goldberg for me too so um so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah, he man. Gonna, so he's oh. gonna get a bret hart autograph and a goldberg autograph is he gonna ask like so, hey, okay. do you know i'm so, going to see know. goldberg well, right after so, this do you have any it, words for him it's two it's two different days it's like a it's like a full weekend show so it's like a saturday uh -huh. and a sunday but i i did consider i didn't consider strongly but like i did consider two things y'all both might think is pretty funny one there is a wwe mattel two-pack 
yep. UFC, US title two pack of Goldberg and Bret Hart. That's out. Mm-hmm. That like I could buy, and I was like, I think I'd be too weird for Doug to have to go up and like get, oh, get each been. autograph like one after the you know like. His, oh no! You should have done this, Jensen. Yeah. And then the well, this is the other one that I considered, which uh true fans will know of this og wcw fans so the goldberg that i bought it comes with a bonus masked wrestler figure like they all come with accessories some come with like a table or like a chair or something the goldberg comes with a masked wrestler that's clearly ray mysterio jr but like but they don't i think they didn't want to pay him so they just called it masked wrestler and put him in there with with goldberg Rey Mysterio is going to be at this thing this weekend also. And I was almost like, should I pay to have Mysterio sign the masked wrestler figure in the Goldberg? But is that like too disrespectful? Because they eventually did release the Rey Mysterio, but he came out with the giant as a bonus figure when they finally, I guess, decided they wanted to pay him for it. Anyway, that's a long roundabout way of saying, I know Rob Wilkins, I knew you were a massive fan of Bret Hart coming into this and, uh, I'm very excited to get a signed uh, figure of his because he's I was always more of a Shawn Michaels fan. Don't kill me in the chat, everybody. But like <laughs> I, I was more of a Shawn Michaels guy, but I respect the hell out of Bret Hart. And and if somebody says Bret Hart's the best of all time, I'm never going to argue against that. So you you should have gotten Bret and Goldberg. You should have got the two pack or the picture. Everyone know the picture where they're WCW champions. Like oh, have yeah. them both sign that. That'd How rare badass, is a like actually. Bret Hart Goldberg like autograph picture or autograph two pack? I bet that's really rare. Somebody's got to do it this weekend. You'd have if to anybody's do- going to this show this weekend. Yeah. Do this for me. Yeah, yeah. Doug's got a really good show this weekend. It's I don't, I'll, I don't want to give him a free plug for the, the 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 but yeah, it's it's there's a lot of people that go to these things. Um, which is pretty cool. Like Charlotte's going to be there and Ric Flair and like a whole bunch of people's going to be at a bunch of boxers and stuff. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, we, we, we gotta, we gotta get some autographs out of this. Uh, Rob, you and as Jensen just mentioned, you and Jensen are starting up a football show. They're yep. going to be, uh, that's going to be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash fightful gaming with Doug. Uh, tell me about your football fandom and being a Vikings fan and how awful it is. <laughs> didn't, you also, didn't you also write about football? Also, yeah, I did. I did. So, for yeah. A bit, yeah, I did for a little bit, but it uh, it was that was mainly for fun. Like it was just I'm, I don't know. Like maybe had people ten people read it some weeks, maybe twenty, and then um, it would. But it was just for my own fun. And but I absolutely we've all it. we've all been there. By the way, <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was just, it was fun. And I just, I've always loved football and, um, and that was something like I'm, I wanted to do, I wanted to have like a show and Jeremy was nice enough to give us Twitch to do it. And I asked if he wanted to be part of it and I, I think it would be fun. And, and we're just going to talk football. It's not just going to be Viking stock. So I want people to know that we're going to talk everything. Um, I mean, Stephen might just talk like no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm really big in a fan. I'm really big in a fantasy football too. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about. But I'm going to be very biased towards the Vikings. Yeah. I don't want everyone to know that, right, right. If, if you think I'm biased about Cody Rhodes, just to, you know, <laughs> haven't heard anything yet. So yeah, it's yeah, it's but it's going to be fun. We're going to have like different segments. Like we're going to have like our our top players of the week. We're going to have uh, like I we haven't named it yet, but something like biggest fumble of the week, like the bit the like the bum of the week type thing like who made the biggest mistake kind of it's going to be fun though it, and uh 
our first episode is going to be a week from this Saturday. So we're September third, looking... I believe. Yeah. So yeah. looking forward. Labor to Day it. weekend. So if y'all are out and about and have nothing to do and want to listen to some football talk, it'll be 11 a.m. for one hour on Saturdays. So it'll lead right into Grapsity for people who want just like an extra hour of like fightful content on Saturdays, which is pretty cool. There you go. Yep. Yes, everyone, we're going to check that out on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We've got gaming streams back on there. Now we've got original shows on the Twitch, and we got the, the co-streaming stuff that's happening on the Twitch as well. Rob, tell me about how Coexisting came about and praise the great Fightful legend, Maggie. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie is... So the first time I ever met Maggie was on our... Uh, one of the watch-alongs on Twitch, or maybe it was YouTube. I don't know which one we were doing at the time, but I met, that's the first time I ever met her. And I'm like, this this person is hilarious. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, that is somebody I would want to do a show with. And I, after a few months, like I, I asked her last September if she wanted to do a show and she said, she wasn't, she wasn't ready. She wasn't comfortable doing one. And I said, absolutely. Um, just when you want to, uh, please hit me up. Let, uh, let's do this. And um, I would check in on her. Like I said, I'm going to check in on you once a month. See if you're, if you want to do this, if you don't no biggie, but you're the person I want to do the show with. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to wait until you officially say no. And then in November, Right before full gear, she said, I want to do it. Let's try it out. And uh, I always tell her that um, I don't get a sh I'm, I always say, I don't get the show on Fightful Select if it wasn't for you. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, I was pitching the show to Sean. He's like, well, well, we'll look into it. And I go, once I said I had Maggie, he's like, yeah, we'll do it. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, the show, ex the show exists because you're here. And she's like, I don't think that's true. I'm like, it's true. I'm like, because you, because you came and did this show with me and we just work really well together. Like we just have a blast. And, um, I just knew from the start, like just the way we interact, like on the streams that we would be, we would have fun. And that's exactly what we're doing. We have a blast. We, we give each other hell like all the time. Um, it's just, it's just fun. Like we, we know each other really well. We, we talk every day. Um, and she learn she, she's learning about, uh, more about wrestling, what she likes. And I'm learning more about what she likes in just like everything, like Wardlow <laughs> mainly. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's such a blast. And I, I uh, I really lucked out by finding the right person uh for my for this show like and and i tell her all the time this is a 50 50 show like it's not my show it's not your show it's our show and that's the way we look at it and it's i, I seriously lucked out i i think we we have our own like group of people that come in every week and and watch and we just have fun. We just have a blast. We have different segments that we do. We have a, a segment where she tells a positive story that somebody did like outside of wrestling. 
I tell a couple of jokes that I probably shouldn't tell on the air and uh, we go from there. So it, it's been a blast. Um, and we, and we do a couple of things like we've, uh, Sean's been nice enough to let us do a couple of um, charity uh, donations. Like, so our, so our super chats and stuff go to certain people. Like one week we did it for the great Fowler. And then uh, a couple weeks ago we did it for, um, Mel Coleman, who does a lot of the uh, AEW artwork that you see on Twitter. Um, so, so we just like to do that. We like to give back, and it's just a blast um, working with her and uh, being the best thing out of everything, even though we have a show. The best thing out of everything is just getting to know her and being a friend of hers um, is the best out of all of it. Well, and you can yeah. tell... You can tell when if you if anybody watches the show, uh, it's at 3 p.m. Eastern Fridays, fightfuloverbook.com. Uh, anybody who watches the show can tell just how much fun you guys are having, and I think that's really a big part of a lot of this stuff that we do. Is if like you're just having fun with this stuff, a lot of times, like viewership or donations and like any of that stuff, it's, it's kind of just secondary because you're just at the end of the day, you're talking about wrestling with your friends and. That's that's what we all enjoy doing. So I I look, I'm glad the show is on Overbooked. I know it started off on on Select, and then once we had to rebrand everything with Overbooked, uh, Sean was like, "Hey, you know, what, what do you think of putting Rob Shaw in?" I was like, "Sounds great. It sounds sounds good to me." And I know we had moved around a couple times, and then it was going to be taped. And you were very kind to to kind of work with all of our issues that we were trying to do uh, as we had to rebrand the entire channel and everything. You, you guys were very understanding of all of that. And then it finally just found a spot Fridays, 3 PM and it's worked out great. I think. Yeah, it's, it has. And we have a, we have an absolute blast and it's something that we, we don't ever want to change. Like it's, it's just a great time. And we both talk about how, it's our favorite day of the week because for an hour and a half we just have a good time and um then we move over to select and have another usually 30 minutes or an hour over there and just have fun and this week uh we're having your uh unfortunately we're having your arch nemesis um but i won't say the name well alex uh oh that asshole yeah Yeah. that one (laughs) he shows up for that show of course, yeah. can never do any show that I invited him on. But I knew I know you had Cass last week. I'm sure that was something else. Uh, bless, bless Cass. That yeah. one. Uh, Wait, Cass but, like Cassidy Haynes? Yeah, yeah, Cassidy Haynes. Oh yeah, yes. I got to hang out. I got to hang out with him at GCW. Shout out. Oh, Cass. I can, I can yeah. bet what you guys did. Oh, you already you know. know. I, I told you. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> he did the he did the show like with us from the the arena. Like, so we technically, like, he would show, like, when Effie walked by, he just turned the camera, and Effie just keeps walking. He's like, oh, he didn't hear me. I'm like, Jesus. And so it's just weird for him to do the show, but he's he's awesome. Cass is a trip, an absolute trip, Cassidy Haynes. He will just message me and just, you know what state he's in, and he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He's like, dude, this is how I'm feeling right now it's like i know Cass. you don't have to tell me like i just assume <laughs> yeah he's the man legend uh rob got a, another question for you before we yeah. get out of here 
Um, a lot of very wholesome answers here. A lot of wholesome entertainment today on the the, the creator spotlight. It's very nice. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Maggie and you two together. I think it's great what y'all are doing. Um, something else that I think is very wholesome that I wanted to bring up today. You've lost a lot of weight, man. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's it has been a lot of work. Um, I well. Yeah, it's it's been thank you so much. It's been a lot of work. I've I've uh just recently I just kind of like had a just I figured I'm like I just want to lose some of this. I'm I was not sleeping well a lot. I wasn't feeling well a lot. And just one day I I said to my friend who used to be a personal trainer, I'm like, "Hey, if I I even said, if I pay for your membership, will you just help me out to tell me what to get, like, get started? He's like, well, you don't have to pay for it because I still have one. And he's like, I'll go work out with you. And um, he, he works out with me. So I pretty much got a free personal trainer. And um, I've been going to the gym Monday through Friday um, for an hour and a half to two hours, just kicking my butt. And I'm about, well, I'll say it now. I, I've been trying to keep it quiet, but I'm about two pounds away from my first goal. Um, and last year at this time, I weighed 402 pounds and right now I'm at 302. My goal is to be under 300. So that's incredible. So, that's that's so legitimately, uh, admirable, man. It really is. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's shocking to see cause I, I went and, uh, the other day I found one of our episodes that, that Maggie and I did on select that we thought was lost that i thought i lost it forever and i found it in my hard drive and uh i looked at it and i'm like holy crap like i just was like who's that guy (laughs) um and uh it just made me feel like really really good and um it's been it's been a lot of a lot of work and um i i complain like like when i'm working out but it's more like of a a complaint to myself like look what you did but you know you're getting there um and it's i do it because i got a lot to uh that i want to accomplish still and um when you weigh over 400 pounds and 40 years old you don't have much time on your uh on your i guess clock so by knocking it down 100 pounds um that adds a lot more time um so my goal is to keep going um i don't know where it'll end up but i know i'm just gonna do everything i can to stay healthy and um i used to be a guy that i mean i it i'll be flat out honest with everybody i could spend anywhere from 12 to Eighteen dollars at McDonald's and just on myself back in the day. Now I don't even eat at McDonald's and I eat salads and like I add chicken and stuff like that. But I just make my own food and um, it saves me money and I've I'm happier too. So it, that's the biggest thing is it's helped my uh, it's helped my depression a lot too. So there's been a lot of good things about it. That's great. You look healthy, man. You sound a lot more confident, like than you ever have, in my opinion, too, man. I think it's Thank like you. it's really. I mean, it's it's something where like I've I've been I've been lazy myself lately, and like I see your progress, and I'm like, man, I see I see how how much you've done, and I'm like, it motivates me to like really 
start myself too, man. I started doing like push-ups again the other day and just like little things, just stuff to just try to get, try to get moving. And like, um, cause I know me, I saw you when you were here in Atlanta, not too long ago, you look like a totally different person, man. Like, oh, so yeah. congr- congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It was like that. I saw the picture of us, um, that not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I was wearing like my green lantern shirt and I just looked like, I'm like, good God. I, I was like, I just looked uncomfortable. And now that shirt is like almost down to my, like halfway almost to my knees. And it's just like, oh, wow. Um, so it's, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I've, uh, I've had somebody help me. Uh, but whenever I say that, like I tell him, thank you and stuff. He's like, I'm the one doing the work. Um, and he's, and he's, what means a lot to me is that he, he tells me he's surprised by it. Like he really thought that I would miss a day like here and there, but I haven't missed anything and he's missed more time than, than I have. So even when I don't know what I'm doing, sometimes like I'll just figure out something to do and it's been great. And I don't plan on stopping. I, I'm going to be moving to Georgia here for about a month to two months, I'm thinking. And I already got set up with a gym down there. So I'm going to keep maintaining and stuff like that. So I won't have a, I won't have a, uh, my, my friend helping me, but I know what to do now. So. Yeah. And I know you'll be in Savannah, right? So yeah. it'll, we'll be a little a little ways away in Georgia, but like whenever you're up this way, man, my brother's got you like training sessions, like boxing, hitting mitts and stuff, man. Like any, anything you need while you're up here to, oh, cool. to keep it going, man, for sure. Well, I appreciate that, but no, thank you very much for bringing that up. I appreciate it. it it's great to, it's great to hear this. Cause it was something that uh, I definitely, I definitely wanted to touch on. Cause you know, I've known you for, Oh, year and a half now, maybe longer, oh, longer, longer. Yeah, I, I'm terrible with time. Okay, like 2022 doesn't exist to me Dude, at I'm all. The same like, way, it's like 2020 yeah. to now is all one year. I was just saying, yeah, way. yeah, exactly. So we we've known each other for a while, and like I, I've heard a lot of the stories, I've seen it, and and that's the biggest thing is like I've seen the transformation not only physically but just like in the way we talk and in the shows that you do and everything, because we would do the shows earlier and you were a little shy, timid, like you would jump in and everything. And now like you're, you're much more confident. I can see the confidence in you. And like, I, I know that doing the show with Maggie, like you just get the reps in. And so you just continue to get more comfortable and stuff. But I also know that this whole weight loss journey is a huge part of it because as you were just saying, like, you haven't missed a day and you you've kept with it. You stuck with it. You've changed a lot of habits going from McDonald's to salads and making your own food. And all of this takes like huge commitment and huge discipline. And like, if you can like do that, cause there's always excuses out there, right? Like, Oh, I'm not, I'm just not feeling great today. So I'm not going to go. Oh, you know, something went wrong here. So I'm just not going to go to this thing. Like there's always an excuse to be made like i've made them plenty of times to like okay i'm not gonna run today because something this happened like so the fact that you haven't made an excuse to do this and you've stuck with it and you've shown the commitment the discipline the work ethic to do it like that's a huge thing and like i'm just super proud of you to to do all of that and to stick with it this much because i can't do it with a lot of stuff i screw up a lot of stuff when it when it comes to that like oh i really want to do this i really want to change this habit and like uh a week goes by and it's like uh okay i'm i'm done with it like you have you were committed to this 
And like, that is like huge, dude. And again, I see the transformation physically, mentally, uh, like emotionally, like I see all of it. And we all have our good days and bad days, right? Like we've, we've talked about, about things. And I, th- I think people mm-hmm. know, like, I think you, you just mentioned it, it helped with your depression. People know I struggle with depression as well. Like we all got our good days and our bad days, but I have seen just how far less bad days you have had over the past year during this journey compared to before when we would talk and it just seemed like nothing was going right. Things just weren't happening well. And like just little things would would bring you down and everything. And now it's like, okay, something bad might go wrong, but it's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm stronger than this. Like I can, I can get above this. And like, I'm just proud of you, dude. And I I just went like, I'm super, super proud of you and everything that you've accomplished over the past year. And then I know you continue to accomplish because you've stuck with it this far. Oh, yeah, imagine how you're gonna look at a year from now, dude. If you say, "What the yeah. god, you're gonna be a stud, dude." <laughs> well, well, I, I'm speechless, and I, I thank you so much for for those words. Um, I, it's you're right. It's changed so much about me. I, <laughs> I'm I'm doing things that I normally wouldn't do. Like one of my favorite stories to tell people is, um, about a month, maybe a month and a half ago, I'm. I'm lift, I'm doing like some curls, like Lamar, and it's, it's just woman walks by, just absolutely gorgeous. And I'm like eight, and she's walking by. I'm like 112, 113, <laughs> and she just looks at me and smiles, and 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 I'm like I got I'm like busted, right? And she just laughs, and like now every time she walks by, I do the same thing. And she's like engaged and married and stuff, but I'm like, eh. But I know I wouldn't have done that before, and it's just, and now it's just like me having fun, like. I wouldn't do anything like that, but, but it's just, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have said anything to her. That's like the, the old Rob Wilkins sure. wouldn't have done anything. And like, I've noticed little things like that. And um, I think what, like when I, when I noticed when I, what really hit me like was when um, my nephew who's 11, he like, when he told me like, he noticed like my weight that that like got me like um because that was part of the other reason why i lost weight because like my my family means everything to me and um like when my nephew and my nieces um say like saw that and see that i'm trying to that i'm working hard um when he told me he was proud of me that 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 uh that got me and uh i don't plan on stopping at all um because i got a lot to do still uh but yeah so i gotta stop before i lose it but uh thank you (laughs) yeah rob last one what's the coolest thing in your room Oh man, a lot of people always mention this Casino Royale poster, but um, I can go grab it if you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. One second. The Casino Royale poster is visible. That's what yeah, I'm about to say. Yeah, I mean, it's right there in the yeah. frame. So, it's I'll like, grab it. Okay. Okay, I'll be right back. It's it's the Casino Royale poster or, or the door. The door is very cool. That's wide open. Pretty cool door. Pretty cool door. Yeah, that was Here fast. Go. Look how quick Rob has gotten, guys. Look how fast <laughs> that was. 
All right, what you what you got here for us? Oh, I thought he had his headphones in. The big reveal here from Rob Wilkins here on the spotlight is he's he about hear to show you us. Can't hear you. I know. I'm setting it up for the people at home, Jensen. This here is for go. the so there's not dead air. And we're back. Yeah. All right, what do we got here, Rob Wilkins? 16 by 20 autograph of Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, shit. Um, signed to me that I got. Um, I'm a huge – we both know I'm a hockey fan. Like, yeah. I, you I, cheer I, for a god-awful hockey team. but Yeah, yeah that's true. Fan. But uh, Henrik Lundqvist was, like, my favorite goalie. Like, he's just he's just awesome. Like, he, yeah. he was just b- badass. And uh, I had the chance to get that and uh, – somebody was nice enough to get it personalized to me. And um, so that's my favorite thing. Like for sure. Um, I'm, Ooh, that, I'm a huge fan of his. That so. rules. I didn't know you were, you were such a, a King Hendrick fan. Uh, yeah, I, uh, absolutely. Love the guy. Oh, he, he is great. He's one of my favorite. I mean, he's retired now, but like watching yeah. him play, he's one of my favorite, like non abs players that, that I've ever seen play. Yeah. Lundquist was the man that rules. Your yeah, hockey team's guy. still trash, but that that's oh, yeah. a great photo. Yeah. I will agree <laughs> with that. Like, oh man, like, and it was so hard to like admit that I was happy for you this year. Um, well, you could be happy for me. I mean, I know our teams have a little, little bit of a rivalry. Well, but you could no, it's, everybody. It was hard happy for me. Well, <laughs> I don't. I mean, it. I mean, there was a like a the fact that they won, and I that meant you. Oh, Jesus, that's awful. Um. I mean, that's the only good thing out of this is that you got to be happy. That's that's the only thing that's positive about that them winning a cup is that you got to be happy. It, and it was... I, after your wedding, I hope everything like I hope everything at home's perfect for here on out. But other than that, I hope you're miserable with sports. Like now, <laughs> after that. <laughs> that's fair. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's but, nice. you know it's that's al- not it's almost. <laughs> it's almost the two month anniversary of, of when the, actually, you know what? I, I was looking at to, today's date of when we're recording this, but when this airs, we will be a day shy of the two month anniversary. June 26th is when they won the cup. So mm. we're almost there. The happiest day of my life until another month and a half. But for right now, June 26th, 2022 is the happiest day of my life. Rob Wilkins, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Let everyone know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Wilkins. Otherwise, I now have an Instagram at Fightful Rob. And then on Wednesday, on Wednesdays, on Fridays, catch me on coexisting at 3 p.m. on FightfulOverbook.com with Maggie. Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. And then we move over to five, uh, Fightful Select at 435 and just have a good old time in there. So check us out. It's a blast. We have fun. And um, and then uh, probably about twice a week, you can see me on Tuesdays and Wednesdays um, paying tribute to Bobby Fish um, and tweets. So, yeah. Oh, and the new football yeah. show, Rob. Yo, yeah, thank you. I already forgot about that. Our new football show starts a week from this Saturday on uh, Twitch. It's going to be Fightful Football Weekly. I was able to obtain the name. Um, yeah. So, but it's going to be a blast. We'll go for one hour talking football. I think if you if you love football, you'll love this show because we got three guys who love football. So, and we'll probably have guests here and there, and 
We'll definitely have guests. We already got people that are everybody. There, they will have every guest except for Cole Radrick, who's not invited onto the <laughs> I told, show. I told He's Cole never in, going to appear on that show. <laughs> I told Cole in person uh, this past Saturday that that I would definitely have him on. So we'll, we'll definitely have Cole on the show. Cole um, Radrick yeah. will not be on Fightful Football Weekly. Do not expect to see. Oh, Patrick on the show. No, 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 no. Pulls a spotlight Hall of Fame uh, inductee nomination. So, is. Uh, Rob Wilkins, we appreciate it. Again, check out Rob and Maggie coexisting with Rob and Maggie Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern, Fight Pull Over Book. Fight Pull, Fight Pull, Fight Pull. Why do I keep saying Fight Pull? Fight Pull. Fight Pull Overbooked. Well, no, I got Fightful overbooked. I was trying to say Fightful Football Weekly. Fightful uh, which, Football Weekly. Yeah, apparently I can't say. Twitch.tv uh, slash Fightful Gaming. Um, that's starting next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with Jensen, Rob, and Doug. I'm sure I'll pop on every now and again. I have access to ruin all of these shows if I would like. Yes. So I will try to pop on every now and again on that. Uh, Rob Wilkins, thank you. Follow Rob, support Rob, support all the great work he's doing. We'll be right back here on the spotlight, everybody. We're back. Big thanks to Rob Wilkins for joining us. You can go check him out and follow my Twitter on Rob, at Rob Wilkins. Uh, go to Fightful Overbooked. Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern, coexisting with Rob and Maggie, the Fightful legend Maggie. Uh, new football show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming with Jensen and Doug. Doing football talk every single week, 11 a.m. Eastern. Guys, it's a double dose of spotlight interviews this week. During StarCast weekend, Sean Ross spoke to Hunter Knott and Rosario Grillo, who have appeared on AEW Dark on the past. And we are going to run that interview right here. So we're going to throw it to our pal. I think he's our pal, Sean Ross Sapp. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful. <laughs> We got Rosario. We got Hunter. This has been a long time coming. We're, we're gonna do a time in the making. We're gonna do a longer, longer form one in the future. There's no way I was gonna like walk up here and not talk to you guys. And I've only got one mic with me, so I'm gonna be like this. What's well, an honor? That's perfect. It's, we share a mic all the time. We just yeah. we spitball each other, bouncing back. We and know forth. what we're thinking. Ready? One, two, three. Pizza. pizza. That was a little. Delayed. It was. It was a little late. It was a little late. But I knew he was going. Yeah. I knew where he was going. Do you all do like the the Daniel Bryan EC3 thing where you discuss the answers beforehand? No. No, we just so, have this connection. It's crazy. We've done this one time on yeah. an interview, and we were like, we got to make this count. And we did it, one, two, three. And we I don't remember <laughs> what we said, but we did it. We and did we it had to, like, stop the interview because we were marking we were out that we hit it. So shocked. Theirs was like, what's your favorite food? And they both <laughs> said, like, chicks and America. All right, give us one. Give us a question. Okay. Um, the best wrestler from Ottawa. And off the top of my head, I don't know any wrestlers from Ottawa. Oh my That's gosh. Okay. I don't know specific uh, regions. All right, all right, we're just gonna think of a wrestler, okay? It's not gonna be from Ottawa, but no. all right. One, two, three. Brad Shawn Hart. Michaels. <laughs> he is not from there. But we can talk about the, uh, you know, whole incident now. Work and shoot. <laughs> Listen, do you all want to bury QT Marshall at all? Never. No. Never. He is fantastic. Never, never. QT is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and that is like no cap. Yeah, no I cap. We owe him I, so I overheard one of you calling him a hand, like a good hand. And I was like, no, don't say that. that's disrespectful to him. And I was like, don't say that. He's he's so much more than that. I would never say that. <laughs> I can never say anything bad no, about him. I think trainer. the only reason I'm wrestling First class is because of him. Yeah, only so, reason we're here today. Legitimately, he's got his hands in an awful lot of stuff. Like yeah. he he's responsible for bringing a lot of people in. Yes. So I mean, to learn from that. 
yeah, to learn from that fountain of knowledge, uh, what has that been like for you guys? It's just absolutely amazing. Again, it's a blessing to be able to train at the Nightmare Factory. You have Cody, you have QT. Just those two themselves bring so much knowledge to the table that just help you with your wrestling career, help you start your wrestling career. And it, it goes past them, too. Glacier is there helping us out. We're so thankful for all the help that Glacier has given Luther. us. Luther, oh, my God. He's Ernest, a wonderful guy. I amazing love guy. Hey, have you seen him now? He's jacked. Yeah. Yo. So I, I saw him. I can't remember where I was, but I, I was at a hotel gym, and he was in there lifting. And I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And that was a while back even. Yeah, and now after this knee injury, he's going to come back better than ever. He looks like 15 years younger. Yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously Nightmare Factory has been just incredible for the careers of so many people. A lot of people are getting looks. How, how does it feel to be a part of that family that is so highly regarded now? It, it's, it's an honor because it, it extends past being in the ring. It extends to something like here today, being here for the Dusty Foundation, yes. an amazing, an amazing foundation that helps underprivileged youth get into recreational sports. Yes. We have a whole bunch of stuff going on, fundraisers today. So to be able to be a part of this and the first time here at StarCast is because we're part of that family. And like, it's, it's surreal almost. It, it's the biggest thing, like you said, Sean, family. It just feels like a family, like getting trained there, all the coaching, all the people that we were able to train with. It's just one big family and it's just great, man. It's great. Can't wait to talk to you guys in a more more long, lengthy format. But I want to thank you guys so much for taking hey, the time. Thank you, thank you. We, we tried to make this work. For those of you that don't know, we tried to make this work like, I don't know, 432 <laughs> times. And the schedules didn't match up. But eventually, we're going to get a long-term one as well. Guys, thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to oh, we'll do that one. There, there we go. go. There we go. That's the thumbnail right there. Right there. Until next time, guys, we're out. There you go. Thank you to Hunter, Rosario, and Sean Rossap. That was at StarCast. They gave a shout-out to my guy, Luther. Hope Luther's doing well. Big shout-out to Luther. Um, that'll do it. That'll do it for the spotlight today. Everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, busy day. Busy day for myself. Uh, running on four hours of sleep and a bunch of coffee. 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on this channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. It is day after Dynamite with Will Washington. And myself, I'm joining the show. I don't have to make a run in. I, I think I'm actually booked for this show. So 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, I'll be reviewing Dynamite, which I was at live, talking more in depth about everything, all the segments that happened last night. I'm sure we'll get into some news. I'm sure we'll get into some ratings. Check it out, youtube.com slash Fightful, Day After Dynamite with Will Washington. That is every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, go to FightfulOverbooked.com, subscribe, leave us thumbs up, support everything we're doing over at Fightful Overbooked. We got a lot of great content creators over there, including this week, our, our New Japan podcast, uh, New Japan Bread Club with Matt from Shining Wizards and Kieran from WrestleIn. They, they spoke with Kevin Kelly, um, New Japan announcer Kevin Kelly, about the, the G1 tournament and all the upcoming stuff in New Japan, including the big uh, stardom show that's coming up later this year. So go check that out. Go support those guys. Support everything we're doing over at Fightful Overbooked. We appreciate that. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. I'm back on there gaming. Played some WWF SmackDown, the original the original game on PlayStation. Played that earlier this week. Going to try to game at least once a week. Hoping to up that a little bit. So a lot of content all across the, the 300 different platforms we have over on Fightful. Go to Fightful Select. A lot of Fallout from AEW Dynamite. I know I see Sean's on Twitter. He's out here teasing stuff with the, the Thunder Rosa, with Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. A lot of stuff happening 
backstage at AEW, and Sean is on top of all of that. So go to Fightful Select and, and subscribe to that. And go to Fightful.com, support all the work we're doing on the news side of things with our original transcriptions and our news finding and news gathering. Great stuff that we're doing on Fightful.com. Guys, I'm out. We'll be back next week with a new episode of The Spotlight. Myself and Steven Jensen. Appreciate y'all. Bye, everyone. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.